Welcome to Grog Talk, everyone. I'm Dan. That's right. I'm James. And this is episode 17. What do you think about that, 17? It's crazy. They, they still want us to uh, do more shenanigans. Who's they? We have... I know you're skeptical, but I have received emails. It's not a delusion. I will be happy to show you the emails that we've received. I've heard of emails. And on YouTube comments, you know, you can, I, I know you, you've kind of slacked on your comments on YouTube. We have a lot, of, we have community out there. Yeah, that's, that's true. That's true. I have, I have slacked. I'll, I'll try to do better. Well, people like your insight. I don't, I think they're missing that. So, uh, okay, good. We're on. I just need to check if we have sound. I get, I basically, when I, this two, these two hours, I pretty much give, I, I'm exhausted. I've given all I can. I have received emails. Okay, there you go. I'm giving all these two hours. I just basically this is it. I give all I can give. So uh, I'm spent. Wow. Okay. Let's. Well, you know, I I I give my all. It's true. You're like a performer. Everything, you you're like one of those uh, reclusive rock stars, right? You sleep uh, at home with your cats, and then you come out for the performance, and you go back. Exactly. Very good. Okay. Well, this is compelling. Um, okay, so today we're going to talk about artifacts. Did they call? Is the grog line? I'm ready. The grog line. Who's Sweden calling? That's right. Yes. Hmm? Let me see what's happening here. No, there's nothing happening. No, there's nothing here. I don't. We don't have anyone calling from Sweden at this point. No, it's only about a tennis tournament. Okay, so um, yeah, we'll, I'll, at the in the last of our segment, we will. Um, We'll go over what's been happening with the podcast because I, our fans, our fans, we have fans. We, we want to know. We want to. We want an award, didn't we? <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> no, that's not we no, we did not win. It's an award to us. Some <laughs> random internet uh, site has told us we have ranked in 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 a country uh, that we mutually respect, Sweden. It's a good country, so we'll talk about it more. That's a teaser. We don't, want to, we don't want to share that, but at the end, um, maybe in Jezebel's Corner. That's when, yeah. you know, that's, Jezebel is kind of a self-promoter. Maybe we should just use that as our two minutes of self-promotion. We should, we should go to Sweden. Well, we'll, we'll wait to talk about okay. that. I think we should grog, our, grog talk on, on the road. On the road, right. The tour. The tour. 2019. World tour. <laughs> we'll just go to people's houses. They'll have us and we'll set up. And, yeah. That's right. I think people... I think if we went there, there would at least be one or two. It was a very we were, we there's a very generous world of D and D community mm-hmm. and so, role playing. So send money. Send money. Yes, yes, and that's another thing we'll have to talk about at the <laughs> end too. Money. I'm sending money. Sending <laughs> money. I have to send. You may you may want to talk about that sooner rather than later yeah. because I've seen the stats on how many people make it right. <laughs> to, yeah. to the end. That's right. Not good. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> Not good. That's right. I, you know that it, we could be different. Everyone else start, does that at the end. Please like and subscribe. Okay, for those who are not going to make it to them, please like and subscribe. Please comment, thumbs up. We appreciate all that. That uh, gets more reach and helps us uh, meet our goals, which is to help folks uh, play and run tabletop role playing, in particular in our case, uh, AD and D, but other games as well. So, on our word of recall segment. Word of recall. 
We're talking about artifacts. We were supposed to talk about it last time, but shockingly, we went long. We talked about mm -hmm. scrolls. Everything you wanted to know about scrolls, we talked about. <laughs> right. right. The only segment I think was longer was when we talked about doors. Doors. <laughs> doors and scrolls. Yeah. When you think of all the important things in a D&D, &D, you know, you're trying to explain to the new person or your spouse or someone, what is Dungeons & Dragons like? You always start with the doors and you close right. with the scrolls. Right. That's what you don't talk about your hero, zero to hero, everything else. That's, no, people don't want to hear about that. So, artifacts. Um, now, we were and talking relics. about... And relics. Because oh, there's a difference, you know, right? I, I, I think there is. I know they're called different things. I've always just said artifacts, but you're right. It's technically artifacts and relics. It's, yeah, because if you look, it says, yeah, all, artifacts, yeah, they're, they're different. I don't... We can, have, we can talk about. Well, let's start with that. So, Dan. Uh, no, no, stop that. I'm going to ask you a question. Okay, go ahead. Okay. Yes. Well, I was going to say, Dan, it reminded me that, you know, when in his D&D &D, uh, DMing experience, um, you know, because he's been playing a bunch of single, single session uh, modules from Judges Guild and these type of events, there really isn't a campaign. There isn't, has not been a whole lot of... Uh, time to use artifacts and relics. So what is your understanding, at least high level, what's an artifact and relic? How does it at least differ from your perspective between a normal magic item, from what you understand? They're crazy powerful. They are crazy powerful. You should... That's good. You, you, shouldn't, you shouldn't be seeing a, an artifact or relic probably... And we're going to ignore the fact that I place an art... Are we, or maybe we're going to talk about the fact that I place an artifact in a game where you guys are like level... I don't know. Are you three? I think you're three at that point. Okay. We can talk about how the artifact... See, this is, this is important. What artifacts can do is lead to total party kills. Right. That was my experience as I DM'd. And I put an artifact in there. And I said, look, these guys are veteran players. They will know how to handle an artifact. And then, of course, it led to a total party kill. That's how I see the causation occurring there but if you want to ruin your party put an artifact an well. evil artifact yes well am i supposed to put like a do not touch sign on it I yes mean, that, i am apparently I, I forgot yeah so artifacts and relics are think about excalibur over i know excalibur is a sword so that, i guess it wouldn't count but uh the ring that's right exactly in lord of the rings extremely powerful magical items that Usually, I think would be the source of would be the subject of a quest, right? To either to find or to find and destroy, right? So the ring, the ring in Lord of the Rings. Yeah, which by the, the way, ring. All, well, all rings, wouldn't they? All the rings would be artifacts and rocks. The nine, the nine, the, the seven for the dwarves, right? How many for the elves? And... Yeah, was it three for the elves? It's nine for the men, of course, because the men are weak, right? And they, yeah, well, we don't have covet power. But well, it's interesting because that is the prototypical one. This uh, this object, magic item. Because there are other magic items in, in Lord of the Rings. Uh, and even in that game, they are, or in that game, in, in that setting, they have some legendary qualities. All the swords were pretty much named, they had a history, spent a lot of time. It's not like here in D&D in &D and, so, and other games where a lot of the magic items almost become commodities. They're basically ways to affect the stat. They really don't have a legendary, which, which is something you can decide, like you talked about in Styles of Play. You don't have to do that. You don't have to give out a bunch of magic items. You can instead have fewer magic items that are more legendary, that have a history and a background, and, and this way they have a especially. But in uh, first edition, um, artifacts and uh, relics are the um, 
are in the style of the One Ring, which is it's a legendary artifact. It drives the story forward. It is one of the main reasons for the story. Mm -hmm. It is the reason for the story. Um, and it uh, you know, really is not. It's implied, I'm sure if I read all the Tolkien books, you know, as it's presented in Lord of the Rings, and particularly I've read that in 30 years, but I read The Hobbit uh, recently. Um, but as presented in the movies, the, the ring is not, it's an invisibility ring. It doesn't sound, you know, and, oh, by the way, it lets the evil protagonist or antagonist know where you're at. Uh, but besides that, it doesn't show why it's a ring of power. I'm sure in other things uh, it does. So from a re artifact perspective, it's not super powerful, but uh, it is at least perceived in the, and the way it's described. It is the ring. It, it, is, it will control the destiny of... Don't, of, give a, of don't, don't give anything away. Oh, okay. No spoilers. So... Too soon. Uh, Too soon. Right. Only in uh, yeah. 60, 70 years. Uh, so that's right. <laughs> well, it came out in 50-something? 50 50s, I think, right? It was 50s. Yeah. Um, okay. so, that, so that's good news. I think it came out in the 50s. I don't know if it did that much. And later in the 60s and 70s, it became much more of a revival. So our podcast, we may be like great artists. We may not live to see the value of this, yeah, of this podcast. Yeah, what well, would be nice is if something could happen that could get, give renewed interest to Lord of the Rings. You know something, right? Because you know what? What could that possibly be? Um, some something, uh, an animated, uh, an animated. That one was terrible. Yeah. That was awful. Well, that's another. Thing. Stuff. That's I mean, that was us. That's what we got. Right. We got that when we were young. Right. We got yeah. that. I, rem I remember that going when my my. Uh, that was a big to do. We put on our finest and went to Manhattan. And when I lived in New that York, was a loss of innocence moment. When yeah. you right when the Lord of the Rings movie came out or an animated one. Yeah. Okay, if so, you want to know the difference between an artifact and a, I'm going to quiz you, I'm going to go the Socratic method on you. If you want to know the difference between an artifact and a relic, where uh, should you look? Uh, in the Dungeon Master's Guide. And where? Under Magic Items Special. You should go to the glossary. Oh, that's People a People forget about the glossary. You know, you're, and, and actually the glossary is, a, that should be our third suggestion, glossary. Oh, that should be my suggestion. Because well, all right. Okay, that'll be great. That glossary. That's no. And the reason I bring that up is because magic resistance is in the glossary. It's really nowhere else described. Well, and you the know, glossary, so. and death. You know, there's a definition of death in the glossary because you know there's this issue of when does Meta death occur? Metaphysical death, spiritual death. Oh no, it's just death in this game. I got you. Yeah. Zero, right? And see, it creates confusion because it says we're optional in minus ten, which I know. Well, we'll talk. We can have. We should do a death segment right later well, right? In the, well we have incomprehensible death that is our segment we've talked about that really last well, week we have 17 after i forget how what we're done. this was last literally seven days ago we talked about incomprehensible death when you read the scroll and it killed you oh i meant like how many hit points and well know. but still incomprehensible because if, if you read the glossary it goes from oh. zero to nine is ten it's oh, that's not, what you mean by incomprehensible death gotcha anything that's confusing which again in in first edition there's many areas of that so all right facts and relics okay i'm going to read the definition i don't know what it's going to say okay so this you is new to me too i did not re i in my research i didn't even think of the glossary so that's yes just, this is good one for garmanski okay an artifact you want to guess at what the difference is, if there is, before I read it? And I don't know. So. Uh, well, if I recall, relic, I'll start with relic first, because, you know, in our quote-unquote real world, uh, a relic is usually something either held closely or part of a person of a saint or some uh, very powerful creature. So, uh, to me, that's what a relic is. An artifact is something that was crafted by either the gods or someone else to... 
either codify their power or something to that effect. So that's what I would guess if I didn't have. All right. Idea. Well, let's see. An artifact is defined as a magical item of tremendous power fabricated in the distant past. So it's got to be old. Okay. Right? It has to be magic. Yeah. These are the elements. I like it. It has to be magic. It has to have tremendous power. And it must be, must have been fabricated in the distant past. Not just the past, distant past. Right. Okay. Relic. How do you spell relic? R-E-L-I-C. Thank you. A... It ha it's a magical, it has to be magical. It must be a holy item. Holy item, interesting. Of great power. Is there a difference between, which is tremendous and great? Oh. What's the difference between tremendous and great? Do you great? have that in our, in our definitions for our, in our rules? No. Usually, extremely old. So a relic doesn't have to be, well, it says usually extremely old. Does that mean at least has to be old? It's not clear. Right. And usually extremely old? Usually extremely old. But it doesn't have to be extremely old. We need to parse that sentence. Usually extremely old versus distant past. So Is fabricate, yeah. So if you think about it, you, one could argue if one didn't want to nitpick, because why would one nitpick mm -hmm. in first edition AD&D? Right. You could say, look, Artifact is fabricated in the distant past, and relic is usually extremely old. That's basically the same thing. Artifact are you sure about that? No, no. I said if we weren't going to nitpick. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah, I got you. Artifact is tremendous power, and a relic is great power. So let's say there's really no difference there if we're not going to nitpick. Great. Then, Both magical. Artifact is magical. Relic is magical. Artifact is just an item, but relic has holy in front of it. So the only real substantive difference, if you're not going to nitpick, is that relic has holy in front of it. Right. I don't really know what the difference is. And, and that didn't help me at all. Is holy defined in the glossary? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> holy, unholy water. Okay. So it's <laughs> so only, our, well, this is interesting because if you go with holy uh, and you with holy water, you usually connotate that with good. So what's prepared by have, to be, have to be good? Well, it's prepared but, by a cleric. Yeah. Holy water is prepared by a cleric. Well, well and unholy. Right. Unholy water would be typically for evil. So holy water would be good. Does that mean the relics yes. are good? Pretty good argument. So there's a couple of things you're going to have to work on. Because if you're all noticing, for those who've listened, there, there seems to be a lot of work that gets dumped on me. The only real yeah. response, you have two responsibilities in this mm -hmm. endeavor. One is to show up, which you do faithfully, so I appreciate that. And, and you bring your A-game, which is also good. The, the second, <laughs> you assume this is my A-game. This is your A-game. Well, I've spent, I've spent enough time with you. This is your A-game. You've never seen me better. That's right. This is, this is as good as it gets. Yeah, based on the DMing in the evening, this yeah. is great. If you're hoping this gets better, it won't. That's right. This, this is the top. In fact, that's why people stop halfway through it, because they're like, this is as good as it's going right, to get. Right. If they, if they, it'll only go down. It'll, yeah. it'll only be disappointed. Right. This is, well, I've seen it this is, this is gonna be another hour and a half of this i got it um the other thing is you and i but you initially uh but we worked together on it was provide rules and definitions for our grognards guild correct yeah, that's true and there's a 20 page missive on the rules as we are going to play it on. it's in progress but yes right. but it's uh mm -hmm. it's it's it is a work, it is a live, like a Wikipedia thing, it's a living document, but it is, it is canon, right? It's, cano it's canonical to our, uh, to our, and so I already see we need a timeline 
to define distant past versus usually extremely old? Well, and the, and the first thing you have to, I think, talk about is whether or not usually extremely old means that it can be quite new or it can, or it has to be at least old. Does okay. it have to at least be old? I think you need to have a timeline that shows like the Mesozoic period, you know, all the periods you have today, past, and then this is something you're going to have to do research on, go to Dragon's Foot and find out old, maybe very old, and then somewhere like maybe a period called usually very old. It wouldn't be one time because it could be from old to very old. And then distant past. Where is distant past on this timeline? So that's one thing. And then you have to do magic items. You have to say tremendous magic item, powerful magic item. What's the difference? And the reason I bring this up is because we had, because uh, you, did you ever define the different evils? We've Moderate not talk- evil, absolute evil, relative. We haven't talked about that. Should we? I mean, we should probably do a podcast, do a podcast on, on detect oh. evil. On evil? That's pretty narrow, but okay. we talk a lot. I was going to say more like paladins. and Paladins, uh, okay. Or turn undead or something like paladins that, Paladins right? the, or the undead. We can just talk about the undead. That would probably be better. The undead. Can... You know what? I bet you that'll get a lot of views just based on the title. I like it, the undead. Don't you think? That's right, the uh, Orlando undead. They were, yeah. they were good, too, with uh, Inescape, uh, Incomprehensible Death. I don't that was, was a good show. Yeah. You mean in 87? Was that because you said in '82 you saw him in Berlin with destruction? Yeah, when I saw him in '87, they yeah they really worked. The they lead became more glam. Lead singer. They were kind of moving it, away. The hair, yeah, it was embarrassing. Yeah, they, they had synthesizers, and that's after they it took was not synthesizers. Good. That was the end of them. Yeah. Okay, so back to this. They what we've what we've figured out is practically there's no difference. Yes, yes. So if you if. Yeah, so I wouldn't spend a lot of time. If your players are giving you grief, is this an artifact or a relic? Right. I would tell them to parse the glossary. Right. Well, and, and that's something I miss. So that's this is why we work together on this. Or well, actually, we work independently. And then we come together and we learn different things. I would did not even look at the glossary. So that's great. So um, first thing. So if you go out, all this is in the Dungeon Master's Guide. So we're pretty much going to be in here. So on if you go to page one twenty four. Uh, this is where it's listed. This is again, you know, the magic of the game. When I remember looking through the, uh, when I first got the Dungeon Master's Guide, is from page one twenty to one twenty-five. These tables. This just what? What would you roll? What kind of magic items were available? Until later, when I started thinking about my own magic items, and and um, this was the whole. Uh, that's that's one of the great things of Dungeons and Dragons is the variety and the complexity of the magic items, and, and to know that a lot of them were built um, by uh, by the original players in TSR, and that you know they they came up with these, was, which is pretty amazing. Why isn't there just a dagger plus one? Why is there just a dagger plus just, one? Uh, yeah, just dagger. Well, there's plus no quarter staff in here either. Remember, we were talking about yeah. staves uh, last time. You can't roll a quarter staff plus one on these tables. Yeah, or a dagger plus one. Or just straight, just straight plus one. Oh, that's true. That's right. So the reason I bring this table up on page one twenty four is a couple of interesting things. It's table three uh, e special. So it says special, uh, which again, these are the artifacts and relics. I don't know why they just didn't say special dash artifacts and relics. But it has a couple of things that are very interesting. One is the gold piece value. You notice that most of these are way more, they're worth more than that. The second thing, there's an asterisk which says there's no experience points value. Mm -hmm. So these items, even though they're super ultra powerful, you do not get 
any uh, experience points as a party. Now, I guess the question would be is if you sold them, which again, that's, that brings up an interesting conversation, how you would sell them, uh, you would get experience points. But if you just acquire them and keep them, you do not get any. So the other thing that I just realized, I thought you could do this, but apparently you can't, um, which makes sense, is um, so I, we didn't really go over this, how to create an encounter again, which I think is another thing we need to do, how to develop your own dungeon or encounters. So if you were going to do it randomly, what you would do uh, is you would uh, go using the random encounters in the Dungeon Master's Guide. They would figure out what monster you were going to uh, roll for. Oh. And then you would do the treasure type, right? Like we did. This is fascinating. So what you're telling me is I didn't even thought about this. So there's a way to get, you do the treasure type on the monster mm -hmm. to end up with an artifact or a relic as a result? Well, that's what I just figured out. No, you can't. Okay, I always okay. assumed, because if you look on page 121, that um, it has the list of magic items that you're supposed to roll for. So what happens is on appendix, the appendix of the monster man has the treasure types. And it says ma maps are magic. And it'll say something like any three, 30%. So if you roll under 30% on your percentile, and you had treasure type A for your monster, which again is listed in the monster. It says, oh, you have any three. You would then go, you start with treasure, random treasure determination, which is on the top of page 120. You'd roll percentages and say, oh, it's a magic item. If it's a magic item, then you go to magic treasure, which then you'd have to figure out what that is. Uh, I'm sorry, you go to magic items, number three. You cannot roll an artifact or relic. It's special, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. I don't know why I never saw it, but apparently it's always been there. I just assumed you always could. Uh, you know, and looking through here, there doesn't seem to be a way to roll it, which again makes sense because what you're going to find as you peruse the artifact table or the special table, as, as it's called, is that these are not like when when Dan described them as being you know ultra powerful or super powerful they are they're super powerful and so players are immediately wanting to get them so I think what we need to describe is how uh, artifacts and relics work um, they are items that should not be randomly found and but I always assumed you could and it just when I did our research I'm like no you can't you cannot just uh, roll for them. You have to yeah, place them. Yeah, because you're right, because it would have to say, you'd have to have a an entry for miscellaneous magic E special. Right. Because it stops at E5, which is, well, it's just miscellaneous magic, but at E5 it jumps to, it jumps to F. Right. So I, the fact that it's, a, so the fact that it's a special right there is, is what's going to, suggest that it's not going to end up being included because all the E's, everything's got a letter. Exactly. And that doesn't, right? A, B, C, D, E, 1 through 5, F, G, and H. And um, this is, it's E special. So yeah, that's all right. Could, I couldn't figure out a way. Now, you know, if one of our fair listeners uh, knows a way to randomly create it, I, I think the point of it is, is that you can't. I just assumed... Yeah. You could. I like that, but that makes sense, though, doesn't it? Does. It does. It makes perfect sense. But I just assumed, oh, you could roll for it, but no, you can't, because unlike normal magic items, which again is really up to you, 
these uh, these items are supposed to be legendary. They're supposed to be found in certain ways, hidden away. You're not supposed to just stumble upon them, <clears throat> unlike the ring in, in The Hobbit, uh, which again, you could. Uh, they didn't know it was the, the one ring. That's certainly a mechanic that you can use. But the idea is uh, almost like, you know, you're, when, uh, was it Perseus, right? Going to Medusa or whatever, you're going to... Uh, a forbidden place, you go there and you get the whatever thing that you went to defeat there at that point. You have to get Medusa's head, let's say that's a relic. You decide that's a relic, so you have to defeat this artifact. Artifact. Is it a relic? Or, well, it's not holy, so it would be an artifact. <laughs> but artifacts feel like they're created. See, relics to me is like, you know, the thigh bone of St. Cuthbert or something. It's not the, it's not a, you know, they didn't make that, but okay, I digress. Um, Maybe Google answer. You keep talking like Google. Okay. So, the point of this is, is, first of all, they're optional. So, in page 156, it says, please note, you don't, you don't need to use any of these. And I think most dungeon masters have shied away from them. They've shied away because um, they're fearful of either killing the party or giving the party such power that, um, that it breaks their game. Okay, I don't know who's answering this. An artifact is an object made or shaped by human hand, mm -hmm. while relic is that which remains, that which is left after loss or decay, a remaining, a remaining portion. Right. So a relic. But that's not really what the relic is being used here. It's not something left over. Relics aren't. This is like a relic of the past. A relic, right? right? Well, like, but the relic in the, in the holy sense is, you know, the, the third the third canine tooth of Saint blah, 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 of whatever. Then and they venerate oh. the relic there. You know, the thigh bone of Saint Cuthbert of, of that. So, for instance, if we were going to look at these, the, the eye of Vecna yeah, would be saying. a relic right. because it's part of the creature, whereas Machine of Lum the Mad is a artifact. It was created in an ancient time. Yeah, that's right. That, that's, that's right. Artifact says it's fabricated. Yeah. So the fabrication, is that the difference? So an right. artifact is made. Right. A relic remains, it's, right? It's not right. really right. So like a part of, okay. Part of something or someone that was left of it. That's right. Very good. Okay. Does that, does that line up with what you initially said? That's... I can't remember. I feel, well, it's, what I say is so compelling to you, you kind of go, I ignore it. Yeah, I was thinking about the Stanley Cup playoffs. Oh, you were? Yeah. I no, didn't know you were I'm, a hockey fan. I'm a Bruins fan. You, you are. Well, now get well, it. Well, when they do well. Okay. Very good. Uh, so, okay. they're optional. They're very powerful. They should be hidden away. And they should drive your story. Um, and so, they are... The other thing that's fascinating about them, and, and, and when I was whatever age when I got this, I thought this was extremely cool, and I still think it is. If you notice, it's the, one of the few places... It's not the only places. I think the deck of many things may have it too, as well. Uh, if, I'm, if I recall, we're, we're flipping pages, flipping, and we're flipping. No, it doesn't. Um, That's a very DMG kind of thing. We're flipping, we're flipping, and we're, we're flipping, flipping, and we're, we're flipping. flipping. <laughs> we're not using it. We're not using our technology. Um, what we notice here is under each setting there are blank spaces. Do you know why well, there's blank spaces? Tell me why there's blank spaces. Well, do you know? I don't think this is the answer you're looking for. I'm kind of jumping ahead. You're actually supposed to write in the DMG. Right. Did anyone do that? Nobody. I have an old copy. It's not written in. 
Is this because no one got to artifacts, no one used artifacts or relics, or because no one wanted to write in the DMG? Yes and yes. I, I think, think that's a little bit of both. I think for us, we the idea of, and this again um, is interesting, we just didn't think about this being our world. The point of the, so what, what Dan was saying is, there are tables, you're supposed to basically tailor the artifact for the campaign that you're running. Even though, you know, of course, TSR wanted you to run the Greyhawk campaign, your Greyhawk campaign was supposed to be different than Dan's Greyhawk campaign was supposed to be different than my Greyhawk campaign um, versus someone else's campaign. And that when you rolled and when you decided that, for instance, Acts of the Dwarvish Lords was going to be in your campaign, that your Acts of the Dwarvish Lords would act different than Dan's Acts of the Dwarvish Lords. So that... Uh, again, it's part of that style of so that the players don't know the power of it or the specific power. You know, you've and if you've been playing first edition, you have f players who've played a long time. You hand out a sword of whatever, they go, "Oh yeah, it's plus two against this, plus three. They know all about it because it's always the same. This was a mechanism to say, "Oh no, 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 you don't know. You it may know some of the things, but some of its, in fact, some of its more powerful things you won't know." Uh, until uh, they are found either by you, which goes back to our identify and passing the pearl and legend lore, or you actually have to use it, um, that. So, a, a artifact is a powerful thing that should be placed deliberately by a dungeon master for the purposes of either the story for the module itself or the adventure or for the campaign. Um, they are unique to your campaign, and you were supposed to physically write down. I guess the thing is, your your camp, your Greyhawk campaign would never change. These would always be this way, and the thought of marring your book to have this was the only uh, Axe of the Dwarves Large just seemed like we wouldn't do that. We would just keep it separate. And it and it it looks like you as the DM are supposed to pick these. So this is not randomly rolled, right? Because these are just a bunch of letters. Well, that's an interesting point. We always I always rolled for them, but you know I don't know if that's the case. That's a great question. Because there's not numbers. It's not like there's percentile numbers. And we're, fl and we're flipping again. So 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 what you would do? So there's spaces after each one. And page 162, go ahead, is right. where these powers are. And there's minor benign powers, major benign powers, minor malevolent powers, major malevolent effects, and five is prime powers, and six is side effects. And each one, most of them, not all of them, but a lot of them have you know, each one of these categories, and oftentimes right. multiple from each one of these categories. And so, yeah, you gotta fill it in. And so you roll, but you'd have to figure out, because it's like table one, minor benign powers, is A through double X. You'd have to, right. you'd have to figure out how many there are and figure out what There's 26 what and 22 is 48, so you'd have to come up with like a D100 and divide it by two or something like that. Yeah, right. Which it, suggests it, to me, at least, that Gygax's intent was not that it'd be randomly rolled. And this is what's great about going through what I knew for 30 years, I just changed that too, because I, I always would roll it randomly. I didn't yeah. even, didn't even dawn on me that uh, this is not meant to do it. But you, if you read, uh, you're supposed to... You must select and record. Right. That's right. You must select, yeah, i.e. each item has several powers and or effects. 
you must select. You must. Right. You must select. Well, you are you selecting if you're doing it randomly. Are you you're, you're still, still selecting? selecting. Right. Just, it's a different I'm way just, to select. Exactly. Like when my cleric, I would randomly roll what spells I was going to. That's that right. Day. I was still selecting. It's arbitrary, but or somewhat it, arbitrary, but well, it is it's selecting. Quite. I think it's probably the definition of arbitrary, isn't it? <laughs> well, as long as you did it arbitrarily, yes, I, I would well, say it's so. Well, random. Right. It seems pretty arbitrary. Relatively random. Exactly. Where? where, I mean, relative. where which paragraph is that on? Because I read it and then I missed it. Oh, it's it. at the end. It's this paragraph okay, at the yeah. end of right. descriptions or five tables. That's right. These these must be discovered, blah, 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 blah. Each item is described and each item has seven powers that you must select and record in the copy of your book. Yeah, so I just converted these to, you know, I just assumed there was a, a, an idiosyncrasy of why we use letters versus uh, yeah. numbers. And maybe it was that you would just put... For the handwriting challenge, you just put A, B, C, D in the things, and you'd go back to here if you wanted. Oh, that's true. Sure, sure. So anyway, I would always convert this to some kind of number. Um, so the point is, you have looked through these. You find something that's appropriate for the story you want to do. You uh, then select it either randomly or not. Again, I would lean to, towards Dan's interpretation, reading it again with with you know forty year old eyes, 50, almost fifty year old eyes that you were supposed to not make it random because again it goes back to you can't randomly drop an artifact in here based on what we understand why would you randomly pick the powers you're this is supposed to be crafted for your world Though so I'm a big, i'll tell you i'm a big i'm a big fan of random i agree and that's I think why it's a lot of fun right because so as the, you know as a dm you know i i think a lot of times as a dm i enjoy seeing things happen randomly as opposed to me controlling everything. I think sometimes if I do things randomly, I am more just sort of that umpire, uh, you know, I'm a sort of a participant as opposed to the God who is making everything happen. Right. You know, which is one of the reasons why I am a fan of random monster checks too. I kind of like that too. It's outside of my control. Right. I'm sort of watching what happens. I'll, I'll adjudicate what happens, but stuff is happening beyond my control. And so, I mean, I like the idea of randomly rolling. I, I think what's interesting is you used to randomly roll, and they're like, oh, maybe, maybe I shouldn't do that. I assumed you wouldn't randomly roll, and now I'm like, hey, I kind of like that idea. Of right. So, so I've convinced you. You've convinced me. It's just another... Are we supposed Matt, to... So Matt, I'm supposed to hug right now. I think, I think. we are. <laughs> we have to turn the stream off just to hug this out for a <laughs> we'll second. Be, be right back. We'll be right back. <laughs> okay. okay, we're back. <laughs> I can cut this later. Yeah, that was great. So, um, but I, I mean, I agree with that. Because I think we tend to fixate. It's the same thing with if you don't do when magic item selection. If I, our brains can only hold so many data points, and we self-select to those data points. Mm -hmm. So push comes to shove. Oh, I need to put a sword. Sword plus one long sword. That's right. what I'm going to put down. Whereas if you roll it, like oh okay, no oh, yeah, that would be kind of cool. Now again, you should always like, override it if it doesn't make any sense. But at least you get some juices that you wouldn't mm -hmm. get if you did that. that like way. if you get the push spell. If you were rolling your magic keys and you got the push spell. I would. I would put. I've told. I've said this before. That has not changed. I'd push myself off a cliff <laughs> at that point. That's still. Can you cast that on yourself? I don't see why not. Yeah. Okay. I think you could self. hurt It's almost was at the. Uh, Chevy Chase thing where you you know, help yourself fall down the yeah. stairs like the old uh, Gerald Ford right. skit yes. that he did back Shana in the seventies. How's that? Ray Shana Ray Shana, yeah. So, go blue. Go. I went to Michigan. He, he went to Michigan. Pretty sure. Did he? Chevy Chase or Gerald Ford? Oh please, Gerald Ford. Okay, okay. I don't know because I like if you know that Chevy Chase went to Michigan, oh, that's that'd pretty be good. Terrible. I feel like Gerald Ford went to Michigan. That sounds about right. Right. I think he played football there, didn't he? 
I feel like, well, I think anyone who's, I thought that was like a requirement to be president at one point. You had to play football at a school like that. <laughs> Anyhow, for those, and for the rest of the world, that is American football. I apologize. Jeff- so, Jefferson didn't seem athletic. I'm sorry? Jefferson didn't seem athletic. I feel like he played, I think they all did at a certain point. I think it was part of the tradition. So you have dis- you have reviewed the items here. And again, many of them are tied directly to um, the world of Greyhawk. So here's the other thing. These, these items were play-tested, quote-unquote, from, uh, from the game that, you know, that either Gary Gygax and his you know, extended family slash friends created. So there's, there's that tie-in that makes it special, too. Um, so you decide, so one of the classics, which I've, I think everyone has had, or at least seen if you've been in any homeroom, is the eye and hand of Vecna. I have no idea what those are. Really? You've never heard, in fact, there's modules based on the eye and hand of Vecna that came out later in second edition. Well. And third edition, and well. fourth edition. It's, it's one of those, that, like, like, two, like two Maharas. Two Maharas has been redone every time. What edition are we on of D&D? 17th. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Every two years, a new one comes out. <laughs> Uh, no, I don't know. I never, we know. I don't think I ever got the, I don't, well, I think I got 12th level. That's pretty darn high. That's pretty that's high. That's really high. No, I need to talk to our DMs. They never threw any of this stuff well, in there. Well, because it's complicated, it was always felt like um, I didn't do it because you had to really do it seriously. We took, we took these pages, at least I did, 155 and 156, very carefully. You know that they are they could be world breakers. Many times, um, and that if you play them right, at least per the description, you could affect you could damage the party. Mm-hmm. Again, with the understanding of the Fellowship of the Ring, if we remember it right, they had a group, they got together, and they had started having problems once they realized what the ring was capable of. Okay, easy. Oh, I'm trying. Give me spoilers out. Yeah. Okay. For those who have not seen them, if, uh, seen. <laughs> okay, what is the Venn diagram of people who are watching this podcast and have yeah. not read, or is, aren't they directly on top of each other? Is there any space between them? Of someone, call or, in if you've not right if you've not read or seen Lord of the Rings. Right, right. So what I thought was interesting is that about half of the discussion in the DMG is about foisting an artifact off on a hireling or a henchman to try yes. out. Yes. Which is what you guys should have done because you picked up the artifact, it was evil, and you had to do save or die, and, and uh, Doug didn't make his save and he died. So, um, But I would never do that because I read this as a DM. I would be like, no henchman. I know it's just like I know if you roll like whatever, a five for reaction instant attack, I know if you give it to a henchman, they're supposed to either kill you with it or uh, dominate you or basically never talk to you again, if I remember correctly. But go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, I mean, what henchman would take? So I guess the idea is you come upon an artifact or a relic. I guess you have to know it's an artifact or a relic. Presumably you've been in search of it. So, I mean, the sense I get is, I mean, as you mentioned, you're not going to find it in a stash, a treasure typically. You know it's there. It's very hard to find. You found it. I assume it's sufficiently impressive right. that you know what it is, right? Right. You're searching for the Codex of Infinite Planes in the distant past, the high wizard priest of the Isle of Woe, now sunken beneath the waters near Div. See the world of Greyhawk from TSR. 
yeah. discovered the work and used it. So he discovered it. So it's really ancient. And so somewhere, the archmaid Zunk described the, the following fragment prior to his strange disappearance. So this is some of the legend that your party would have to discover, and they would decide to make this quest, find the sunken island of woe, traverse its terrible perils, and now you are you see the codex, which again is what a series of books or something like that. Is that a codex, right? It's a book or and yeah, well, I know the, yeah. There's the character codex, which was a list of character sheets. Yes. Doctor's Guild. So then you'd be ah, we have found the codex of infinite planes here, underling. You <laughs> look at it now. You pick it up. You pick it up. You hireling. <laughs> Ah, Get that. And then the second and what's one. The hire, yeah, what's the hireling? I mean, at this point in time, I mean, unless I've been hired, I'd want to see the contract at that point, right? Bring the contract forth. Right. Because unless I've been, because usually there's going to be a phrase in there, right? And I agree to follow all reasonable directions. Right? Don't you think? No, that would not be in there. It would be an employment contract, and it says other duties as assigned. From time to time. <laughs> right. Other It would be specifically... Reasonable? It, well, there'd be other duties as assigned. That's, so it's vague. So what's going to have to happen Have you read a job is, description before? It doesn't say other reasonable duties no, as assigned. I don't read contracts. It's a waste of time. No, I said... They're all adhesion. You just have to sign them. You can't negotiate. Right. Well, job descriptions it. is... Says... It lists... Four pages of things you'll never do, which is supposed to be your job, and then it has at the end other duties as assigned, which is always the job that you have. So, so we okay. So he says it's it's I'm assigning this now. So right. Do it. Right. You know, who's going to do it? That's well, crazy. I mean, how how much money do you you got to pay me a lot of money to touch the artifact or relic? That's what you got. But right. you, you have to have henchmen, right? But this is what it says: if the player refuses to risk his or her character when an item is discovered. I don't have that problem. I, and the other thing is, I have, um, when it comes to magic items, yeah. I have not seen players say, again, this is one of the reasons why we don't give out henchmen. Because if henchmen are not being used properly, they become an extension of the character. They're like oh. these satellite probes that get launched. Oh, no, right. Uh, but hirelings, I've never seen them do that because the only time they do things is, oh, there's a door, they have a prisoner. And they'll send them through the door, you know, kind of a la Raiders of the Lost Ark. Ooh, there's a trap. Send the send the, the bear in there and watch his head get lopped off. But they, but they, if it's a magic item, they would never give a prisoner. Oh, here's a you know magic sword. Figure out what it is. They would always do it, which is why Doug or anyone else would never. I don't think conceptually, that's a style of play I've seen. But apparently, that was a style of play. Have your hirelings and henchmen you walk them around and have them test things. Well, when I, I like to play, I'm sure they're good parties too. Well, I like to play all of these NPCs as they really would act. Mm -hmm. So I always find it interesting. You know, characters, players always want to send somebody else through. So they meet up with two guys right. who are in the dungeon too, and then every time they come to a door, you go first. Right. And then they seem a little put off. When those two guys are like, no, no, I don't think so. Why are we going We're first? We're joining your party. Right, you go first. You know what I'm doing with my artifact? I'm bringing it to Saul right. at the Pass the Pearl. Right. So what happens there? So I bring in this artifact, well, and I'm, I'd like you to identify this. Well, it's interesting. They use the word character. I think they meant if the play, if the, oh, the character given the item. So this is in context of the NPC. So, so the player refuses... So, so this is the well, this is the PC, right? The player refuses to risk his or her character. Right. So, I, so I'm, I'm playing the halfling thief, 
and I don't want to touch this thing. Right, so some hireling or henchman to hazard the trial and error process necessary. The character given the item, which again... That's got to be... No, that's got to be... That's the hireling or henchman. I that agree point. with that. Determine its powers and effects will certainly do one of the following. So, the first question I would have for you, or what you'd have to determine is, what's the alignment of right. Saul? Right, If he's evil, he will immediately, after collecting it, will destroy the player character. I like that you sort of destroy, like I'm an object. I mean, why right. wouldn't it be kill? Right, he will destroy? destroy or at least escape from. That's right. Not murder, destroy. <laughs> well, maybe that's the word you use when somebody has an artifact or relic. Right. I don't kill people. <laughs> You're dead. I destroy. <laughs> There's no evidence left. That's right. <laughs> just give me your character sheet. That's right, gone. <laughs> it is burning. That's right. You just throw the character sheet in the fire. That's right. Why do you have this open flame here? Oh, we're, oh I'm, I'm sure I have an artifact I'll be presenting to the game. I just, oh, thank yes, you. that's right. Just, that's right. That's just, why that fire was there. <laughs> just <laughs> you don't tell them in advance. That's right. Oh, it's, it's pretty hot today. I know later. Oh, I like the atmosphere. Yeah, it's, it's good. Here's some ambience. Like it's very medieval. <laughs> okay, so this is a good lesson. Don't you shouldn't for multiple reasons. You shouldn't have an evil. That's right. Hirelings. No evil hirelings. Definitely do. And if the dungeon master all of a sudden decides, you know, this session I'm going to provide some aesthetic. You know, if they have soothing music and they have. You know, dim the lights and they have this open fire to kind of simulate torches. That's a bad sign. You're going to be dead. You're going to be someone's, destroyed. Someone's going to be destroyed. You know, so not, this, not dead. This is useful information is that even This is a pro you, tip. Even, even if you are evil right. and you're going to have some artifact, I don't think you... We've got to keep going through the list. I don't think you want evil NPCs because mm -hmm. the evil hireling right. is going to destroy you. Right. Don't be like, yeah, I love evil. I want my kind. No. No. They're bad news, as right? Soon, well, as soon as you find, e as soon as evil finds evil, evil finds its level like water. It's going to find it and avoid, uh, it's going to destroy all their other evil. I'm yeah. Like, okay. So, so, so that's first, pro that's another pro tip. Right. If you are, you, you should not bring along and so you should do, oh, this is interesting. Okay. How many of us? Do no now no alignment. What is that a cleric spell? It is. It's second, it's fairly, second level. Well, it's not that bad. No. You should do a no alignment. Do people do no? They cast no alignment on their hirelings and henchmen because you don't know who's who's showing up. Well, you can, but it's considered very rude. And in fact, <laughs> well, I mean, come on. Well, and, and it's I, I'm almost sure it's talked about do here when you know? when you hire people for loyalty. It's it's even brought up or something to that effect that if you do that. Um, it's considered very rude can't, and blah blah blah. Can I stand behind them? How do they know? How do they have to know? Well, that, this brings up the whole. Well, we're gonna have to de detect evil because I have you know one of our characters, one of our players is a paladin, and and and, and he's not the only one to. Every paladin wants to do this. They want to do like the quick glance and detect evil. Like I, I can just blink at you real quick and and you radiate. And me. that did well, right? We that designer we talked about that before. It's one round of concentration. Well, and that's not going to do alignment usually unless correct. you're like really right, innately evil, well, right? Well, apparently if you're going to destroy people, that's isn't that pretty evil? Is the first level henchman going to just destroy people? Destroy has evil to it. Yeah, but he says if the no, no, cuz it says if the character is evil. It doesn't say it doesn't qualify. Right. It just says any evil. Okay. Right? But detect evil. I I I'll I'll cede that point to you. But right. uh, It's kind of like I mean I, the way I would view it is you sort of you've got the ring now. Yes. You exactly. know what I mean? You're well, that's, overcome and, with And that's what exactly we're talking about because and later it says many of these items tend to make the possessor reclusive, secretive, arrogant or greedy. 
These F effects are best to handle through manipulation of the player by by means of power, non-player characters, etc. So I love that you as the DM have to manipulate the player. You have yes, and that always gets hard. Yeah, that's, so that's another reason why we don't like doing this because some of these side effects are are are, are, are painful. Yes, but no alignments. Okay, so this spell. is all right. So it's not that. So it is one round casting time. It right. does have verbal and somatic. So what you'd have to do is while they're being no no this is easy to do. While they're being interviewed, right? Make sure it lasts at least should last at least a minute, at least. Right. What interview job interview? You've got the cleric behind, casting. Oh, I see. No you, alignment. So you have someone with you behind. Yes. Okay. Absolutely, it's during the job interview. As they come in, right? You have the cleric will sit behind. And, and this is all described no in the dungeon master's guide. There is hiring retainers. There is a whole process of that. And I do recall where there's a panel interview. Apparently, now you have a panel interview as opposed you to one-on-one. -one. You should have a panel. You right. should have a panel, and there should be someone droning in the behind should, them. Because that, yeah. that's a good example of real trust when you have this group of people talking to them and, and the poor well, hireling. Or, well, and you want to have the HR person in there to make sure <laughs> you don't ask the age or you know the none religion. Of this well, who's your, the, none of this is the who's your deity guys. exactly? Because they could get in trouble with that if you ask who their deity is. Right. Exactly. No, it doesn't say uh, any of that. But yes, um, sure. Do you yes. realize that in Dungeons and Dragons, probably all the questions you shouldn't ask now would be asked? Right. They'd say something like, you're seem a little old to be adventuring. Right. How old are you? Right. And like, you know, what's, you know, who's your, you have like a skull on there. Who's your deity? That's, right. This all seems relevant information, you know? You, you can't, you could ask that totally. And in fact, the, what is interesting, if you're an evil, um, you know, they give those psychological tests. Where you have to answer yes or no to things like I'm fascinated by fire, yes, or you know I, I, I've thought about hurting people. Right, know. right. Is that a good answer or bad? And typically, the answer would be, if do you, don't you want people who want to hurt people? You might want somebody with some sort of mental illness, right? Something off of that, but actually, right. So it, I think it, I think we have to do retainers again. I thought we did retainers. Oh, you say something like, oh, I see you're a female dwarf, so that means you couldn't have an 18 strength. Is this, that right? In this sexist, misogynist edition, you're right. That's right. They say, oh, you're, you're awful kind of, you should be, well, I think that even, even at that time, they'd be more sophisticated. It would be something like, are you sure you could meet the requirements of the job? This is a very strenuous job. <laughs> Do you think so? I think they would. Okay. Because, you know, particularly if you insult them, and even if they're neutral, they will use the powers of the artifact to dominate right. and control his or her former employer, master or mistress, destroying him or her if threatened. Again, destroy, 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 destroy. It's going to sound like at the end of the day, you just shouldn't, this is, Gygax does not want you to hand off your artifact, to have the hireling or the hench. Man, try right. The, the, is Don't that right? do that. Artifact of the relic. It's just yes. to, to discourage. We've seen this before. It seems to be a theme that there's there's certain rules which Gygax seems to be trying to dissuade people from That's doing right. things. Right? That's right. Because right. Because if it's neutral, as you said, they're going to try to dominate, control the former employer slash master or mistress, destroying him or her, threatened again. I love the word destroying. So let's see if the character is good. So you think like, okay, this should this shouldn't be bad. He or she will realize that his or her employer slash master or mistress acted in a most evil fashion by okay, so this is interesting. This is not just an evil act. This is a most evil most act. Most evil act. So you've got bigger problems. Right. You've also now you have an alignment transgression. Potentially, yes. If you're well, yeah, if you're if, Oh, if you're not evil. Oh, that's true. It depends on what your alignment or, is. Yeah, exactly. 
But it's most evil. So, well, if you're neutral, should you engage in most evil acts? No, I think it would definitely move the needle. We'd have to pull the chart out in the back of the player's handbook and graph that. Right. Which you've been doing. So I definitely would see a shift. Right. So if you were chaotic neutral, which is basically every character, you'd go straight down. Yeah. Because most evil. It's most evil. Yeah, if you'd say you were lawful good. Yeah, so, so you're if, a paladin. If you're lawful good, which is up here, if I remember correctly, you'd go most evil, which is basically diametrical, straight down to evil. Yeah. So okay. So yeah. So so there's multiple you, reasons why you shouldn't do that. If you did that as a paladin, I would say have a nice time. You're now a fighter. You're a fighter. Right. And when do you change alignment? It's instantaneously. It's instantaneously. Yes. We talked about that. Is that because it's a paladin? The paladin would be yeah. instantaneous. Right. Other characters, though, it's. It's the DM's discretion as right. to when you've changed, right? Yeah, and you have to do some kind of transgression. But there, there is no, uh, at least uh, for Paladin, it's, it's pretty clear that there is no redemption. What do you think point. Boromir's alignment was? Uh, lawful neutral. Oh, really? You don't think he was good? No. Okay. I think, he was, I think he, he was focused on saving Gondor. Mm. Yeah, okay, interesting. Um, all right. What are, anything else about so the hiring of the henchmen? Tell us on the grog line what Boromir was. Well, of course, you if you if you know Boromir, then you weren't worried about the spoilers I gave because you would not know who Boromir is. You know, he could have been. He, he could have look. So different people have different strategies, right? So why can't he be? Why can't he be lawful? Good. You know, the ring he became. So he was weak. He may not have been very strong. Right. That's not necessarily. You could be lawful good. Can you be lawful good but be weak? I would say, I'll say it this way, I, I'll, I'll, after reflection. Yes, I think you can. That's a personality trait, which is mm-hmm. covetousness. You can still have an alignment, but you mm-hmm. still could be covet. I think he was lawful good originally, but then as the, as the power for the ring, whether it corrupted him directly or his, his thought of it, it moved him to lawful neutral, which basically says, you know, the means, the ends justify the means, mm. which is we'll use the ring to defeat evil, mm-hmm. even though the ring is evil. Oh, that, okay. So I think he shifted to a lot, which is probably why he got killed. Oh, sorry. He lost a level in that discussion with Frodo, oh. and he didn't have as many hit points. Oh, right. And he probably would have survived. So that's, so that's why he can only take 174 arrows. Right. He, he, that 174th, he would have survived. If he was, right. He was probably a ninth level fighter, and he went down to eight. Right, level. right. Yeah, okay, that makes that's, sense. That's my, that's my okay, take on it. Yeah. So, Giving attention is very bad. Here's the other thing that's uh, different between them. Uh, if one of the most fun things a dungeon master can do is, um, and a lot of them don't do this, and you really want to see characters feel, get the first edition feel, because I don't know if any other edition does it. I'm sure they should. Uh, if your player character fails a save that is destructive in nature, like a fireball or a lightning bolt, mm-hmm. you are then supposed to have the character roll for their items. In other words, if the player right. fails, then they've been exposed to uh, the same thing. Right. And nothing says player satisfaction with the game when their plus two plate mail is destroyed right. because of magical fire. Right. That... You want to talk about a happy? I took. I left work early to get to my, get my seat, so I, all my stuff. Yeah, blown poor John. Who is it? Poor John lost. A, I think a, uh, a robe displacement. Uh, it was a fire, uh, was it? Well, that was uh, Jason, if I remember correctly. Oh, maybe. And 
that was a, a, a like you know a drop yeah. of oil touched it and you guys burned it up, which I thought was pretty. Uh, that was pretty hardcore. That was good. Mm. I, I wouldn't have done that. That was Edward, I think. I was. He was being hardcore. Yeah. Right. He didn't like that thing. He was getting rid of it. So uh, we had a situation. One of our characters. Anyway, there's plenty of ways. Artifacts are like Lord of the Rings, like the, the ring. You can't just get hit by fireball and the one ring of destruction, uh, one ring to rule them all goes away. There has to be, there's, you as the uh, DM have to come up with the way it's to be destroyed. Well, and what's interesting, if you try to destroy it in a way that you're not supposed to, right? Yeah. Disassembling its parts, removing a portion or similarly defacing it, must usually stay versus magic at minus five but but there's good news yes failure equals death but not destruction excellent Ah. so you've got a body right but does that oh so wait a second if you're destroyed does that mean you can't be resurrected because you're like what happens if you're just completely so if you're killed by a fireball don't you need a body to be have resurrection you have to have well re- raised dead. You oh, need I'm to have sorry. Yeah, what's the difference between raised dead? And resurrection. You can just bring people back from a long time, hundreds of years, depending oh. on the power of the cleric. Oh, I got it. So raised dead is more like you know it just happened recently. Yeah, raised dead is a, a day for each level. In either one, do you need a basically? Is the body coming back? Is the body? So if you've been dismembered, if it's been dismembered, or it's a fireball. You, well, um, the body has to be whole in order to come back. Oh, well, I can assume I can be missing an arm. You, you, you would come back without an arm. Right, okay. You, whatever you don't have, you don't bring forth. In so that you case. need like your vital organs. You can't just bring right. back a head. Yeah, it, the idea like if you Ted were cut... Williams. Well, like for instance, the carrion crawler, whatever, dissolves one of our, one of our player characters. And in Dan and Ed's friendly game of uh, character growth and, and uh, yeah, plot yeah. development... Well, carrion crawlers are pretty. Right. Half, half eviscerate, half uh, dis- You didn't have to stop and fight the... Are you right? Oh, yeah. I love when they went back. We just had... I think I just had the ranger's boots <laughs> sitting That's there. Right. So, in that case, not eligible for Ray's Dead. That's right. It was just the boots. It was like... A, wasn't there a SpongeBob episode where... Yeah. Right, the, uh, the, the super acquaintances, where yeah, it's just the, the boots the are remaining. At the land... The friend, it was the circle of super friends. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, Resurrection... I a division th- of Icon. It is. Uh, the... I don't think in resurrection you need anything, but you may need a piece of the bone or something like that. I forget exactly what it is. Okay, so the good news is, let's see. Oh, the resur- oh, that's right. You don't need anything. What do you come back as? You get your whole body back. Is you're able to destroy life into the person you should bestow the resurrection on. The player, the person can be dead up to ten years. See, raise at a limit. What person can be raised or reverse? Destruction requires a touch. The material components are the religious symbol and holy and unholy water. Employment of the spell makes it impossible for the cleric to cast further spells or engage in combat until she has one day of red rest for each level of experience person brought back. Doesn't say. Well, it says person touched, so perhaps you need something, hmm. which is a good thing. You need to have some part of the body to be restored back. But it doesn't say, so it really doesn't. What level is that? Seventh level. It, to me, it's fifth element. You everyone saw the fifth element where, you know, the uh, Bruce Willis movie where they have the bone and they reconstruct her based on the one fragment that she has. Oh. Here, it just says area effect person touch. So you need to have something to touch, but it doesn't say. Can't. Uh, it says the material components are the only other two things. So it's a little vague. I'm sure on Dragon's Foot. Anyway, the point of this is these items are very hard to destroy. The, lower, the one ring could only be destroyed at Mount Doom. You couldn't just. Cast disintegrate on it. You couldn't cast wish. 
to make it not be anymore. You could probably wish it to go someplace else, but you could not destroy it with that. Now, here's the interesting part, because I've read that before, but then if you go to page 81 oh. in the DMG, because I've read this too, and you go to page... Oh, there's artifacts and relics. Look at that on saving throws. There you go. The top right. How'd you find that? I've read it a long time ago. That's great. I did... We have fans out there who demand high-quality shenanigans and tomfoolery. So, and we'll get there at some point. Right. One day. We're, this is still a trial. Uh, so uh, this is under the player, the DMG, saving through a matrix for magical and non-magical items. Artifacts and relics, because of the very nature of these items, you may desire to disallow any destruction or harm, which, which is consistent in the back. This rule apply to some or all or none as you deem best in the circumstance. You might, for example, decide that all such items have additional plus three on their saving throw, and that certain... Obviously, potent items are subject to harm only from other artifacts or relics, so or attacks by gods or similarly to powerful beings. So you're going to have to adjudicate in your world. Do you go with the first example, must be destroyed in Mount Doom, or the idea is what happens if Thor's hammer strikes your Eye of Vecna? Well, you're dead. You're destroyed. Your your guy is getting thrown into the fire, but. Does the Eye of Vecna get a, is the Eye of Vecna destroyed in that way? Or is it only destroyed by the way that you have said it's destroyed? Yeah, because obviously the DM can choose. I'm sure that's obviously Gygax's intent. But 156 really sounds like right. you need to have a special way. He doesn't seem to give much wiggle room, right? right? He says, all artifacts and relics, all, are such a power that they are virtually, now it's interesting, he says virtually, impervious to harm, magical or physical. So he's really, sounds like he's saying pretty much it's almost never going to be that you could just destroy it by but, normal means. But then there's the opening here. Exactly, the because side. of the very nature, you may desire to disallow any destruction or harm. So it's obviously, it's up to you. But it sounds to me like the default rule should be you can't destroy it by normal means. But this means. is the difference between a movie and your game. You're going to have players who are going to come up with things. You're going to have to decide better... Think about this beforehand, the idea of, especially if you're going to have multiple artifacts in your campaign, where if I have the Axe of the Dwarvis Lords, and if I strike the Lum, the, the Mad Machine, uh, with it, will it destroy it? Or no, you must take the Machine of Mad, the Lum, or whatever it's called, um, to the place that it was created and uh, cast, uh, you know, shed the blood of three saints on it and two demon lords and whatever the whatever you're going to do there. Well, and I guess the nice, so, is on page 81 is sort of the tenor of that discussion about if you've got the oh. item. Now, I know it's not so limited, mm -hmm. but you've got the item. What's to say? So I'm walking around with this artifact. Right. I fall I fall off a cliff. Now, if I'm, if I'm falling off a cliff but I've got an artifact, I'm obviously like level 12, so I'm probably going to survive this fall. Right. Get up but your artifact may not if, if, you, if you read it as, if you allow to, for it to have a saving throw. So, right. So it seems to be talking about, I've got the artifact, what happens when certain stuff happens to me and right. my body and it's on me versus the down the line. It's like, I want to destroy this eye. So I wonder if that's some of the difference in tenor. I mean, obviously it, need, it should be consistent. There really shouldn't be a difference. Well, to me, if, by opening this up, You've changed the ten if the Lord of the so yeah. for instance if Frodo by being attacked by the Nazgul had the opportunity for the ring to be destroyed, well then why are they wasting time taking to the Mount Room of Doom? Just start blasting Frodo with all kinds of magic and things, and, exactly. and if he fails, then because 
even if it's a one you, the item fails on, which is always one is always a failure, by giving a saving throw, the rule is one is a failure. There is no automatic save. If you have to make a save, one will always fail. That's right. It's, a, it's in the DMG somewhere, right. right? It says one is always a failure, one right? One is always a failure. Yeah. So if you've done that, now you've given a 5% chance to destroy something, right? right? So what is easier, taking this to Mount Doom in the, in the, where all the forces of evil are there, right. or casting 20 fireballs against you and you failing, you'll oh, be destroyed. Oh, that's right. You just keep going eventually. Keep blasting you until you get oh, destroyed. Oh, yeah, you're going to go till it. Because it's a one, yeah. one in five chance. So that's why this is very interesting. So I think I agree with you, but I think the circumstances, it can't just be a normal fireball. It would have to be, oh, again, Odin's hammer hits you. You've, and it makes, you know, a lightning, clap of lightning from it comes. And because it's a divine weapon that hits you, that there may be a chance to do it. That would be the only example I would give. I wouldn't give the normal, even a disintegrate. Because one of the other things I didn't realize until I was doing some research on this was that the effects. Now, we haven't really talked about the effects, and we're going to need to do that. We're going to talk about the uh when you create your specific artifact, there's four, uh, there's six things you can give it. Minor and major powers, um, benign powers, minor and major uh, effects, bad effects, malevolent effects, beautiful word. There's benign powers, malevolent effects, prime powers, and side effects, which can be plus or minus. So what's interesting about that, if you go before you read all this, it says, which I've never read before, but I read it this time, I was like, uh, finally, whatever befalls the possessor of an artifact or relic, or the effects he or she caused by the use of the prime powers, or even major powers. So again, prime power is the most powerful thing it can do. So here's some examples of prime powers. Plane shift, restoration, resurrection. Resurrection seven times a week. You can cast mm -hmm. resurrection seven times a week. Uh, Bones, exoskeleton, cartilage of opponent turned to jelly one time a day. Anyway, you get the idea. Super powerful stuff. So at the top of 156, second column, uh, or even major powers in some cases, is permanent and usually irreversible by the most powerful of spells, including wishes, for example, or even the deities. Exception, a deity who created the item or the one that can fully control it may, at your option, be able to reverse the effect. So this is... This was what's really super powerful. So if I had, if I disintegrated Dan's character, I could, I would always adjudicate that wish. You could wish to come back to a time just before that. What this is saying, the yeah. effects of this, they're not fixable by other magic. That's crazy. You might, you're right. You'd have to go to the de. Someone would have to go to the deity. If assuming a deity created the item, right? You have to go to the deity. So now usually we'd be talking about an artifact, probably not a relic, right? right? And you would beg this deity to reverse the effects. So if and that just says may, right? Right, may, at right. your discretion. May, at your option, be able to reverse. And then they may not even do it. So it's kind of like going to Heat Miser and Cold Miser and asking, right, for this favor. Exactly. Who are you? Right. So these things, not only are the effects super powerful, but they are irreversible. Unless there's another thing that reverses mm -hmm. on here. So you have a major malevolent effect. So some of these are, uh, player goes insane for one to four days. Oh, the only good news is that if one of the ma major malevolent effects, user instantly killed, but maybe raised or resurrected. So that's good. That's nice. Can we, can we roll one up? 
Sure. What, we're going to roll it? We're going to do random? Yeah, because right, cool. that's more fun, right? Yeah, I love Can it. we do that? Yeah, Can and we we're going to use... We're gonna, you're going to use the dice that my dear friend Dan bought me, because uh, why are we using other dice when we can use the Gary Khan dice, which I like. Great convention. It is. Shout out to Gary Khan. Gary Khan. I guess I can use this dice. Yeah, right? I can use... That's our percentages, basically. Uh, yeah. So... Well, that's, that's right. See, we're going old school here. Yeah. Got to remember how you did that. Exactly. It's not exactly old school. So is it... Oh, yeah. No, it sure is. That's because right. it just has a single digit, right? It that's doesn't right. have the... Exactly. So we'd have to... What we oftentimes, what, I think, roll a right, six-sider with it, right? Yep, to figure it out. Or if anything, to split it up. Exactly. So, which... Let's... We're going to pick one. So I think... Let me make sure I talk about... Uh, we talked about discovery, which would be, again, legendary. It's use, very powerful. Destroying, we talked a little bit about. Um, and that it changes the player. Um, again, these are kind of based on Greyhawk. Not kind of. They are based on Greyhawk. And then once we, we'll roll one up, and then we'll talk about how to use one in your campaign. Oh, and there's, yeah, and, and we want to point out on page 164, it talks about the destruction of artifacts and relics, right? There's yep. a little discussion of different ways you can go about destroying it. Right? I don't know if you want to talk about that now. Sure. Or, okay. That'd be great. Okay. So what, well, so what does it say? So, so it reiterates that artifacts and relics are virtually impervious to magical. Yeah. Okay, I see it. Final 164. Uh, magical and physical harm, and each may only be, quote, destroyed by a single legendary means. So there's just one way, is what they're saying. Yeah. Not multiple. Um, and frequently the supposed destruction is actually a form of nullification or containment of the artifact or relic but results in the neutralization of its powers for vast periods of time. So that's true, too. So it may be that it's not actually destroyed. It's just sort of, you know. Right. So it's not the Lord of the Rings where the fire gets reclaimed back. It actually, so, and I don't know, maybe in future Tolkien works, maybe he had, not he, but the the world allowed for the ring to reform. Well, nowadays. So if this was happening now, of course. Yeah. Because it would be, you know, a whole set of movies, right, exactly. a new set of books, the ring is back, right? Yeah, or, yeah, there's someone tries to bring the ring back because the ring is never actually destroyed. It was just suspended when the fourth age came or whatever. Yeah. Exactly. Ex- I love it. Right. Um, okay, so this... So here's some examples. Yes. Um, oh, and I love this, too, that they have nemesis. Nemes- nemesis? Nemesi. Nemesi, right? So artifacts and relics can have, uh, have a nemesis. Right, um, so it's supposed to, it's supposed to be a whole new adventure, right? Trying to destroy this thing it could be a whole whole campaign. Um, right, so there could be two, basically two artifacts should be able to are are opposing each other. And you need the grace of the gods. Yes, you need the, right, your chances of destroying this without the grace. Once again, we've talked about this before. I think, you know, that deities should be used much more than they often are in these right. campaigns. So, um, right, but so, you know, it's the ways to destroy, melt it down in a fiery furnace pit, mountain AKA, forge. Mount Doom, a.k.a. Mount Doom. Exactly, right? Um, drop it and bury it somewhere, obviously something. Please the well of time. Uh, I don't know what these things are. What is the, I, where, where is, what is the well of time? I know? think it's legendary things from various things. Okay. Uh, under, I like under 100 adult red dragon skulls. Yeah. That seems odd. Bury it beneath 100 adult red... Yeah. That would be... Unless you could find, like, a graveyard. I would want to find... Rather than killing the red dragon, I think I would want to find... I would want to look for the fossils. Right. I would think. Cause it to be devoured. It's just some of these are so easier compared to... Right, so one, here, here are your choices. If you, if you gave, you have two choices to destroy this artifact. 
One is caused it to be broken against or crushed by the foot of a humble animal. That was my favorite. Can we talk about that? No. I loved it when I saw that. That's hilarious. It is. Okay, so meaning an ant. Right. So do you have to figure out, am I missing something here? Or do you have to figure out a way to get this little ant to crush this thing? Right? So right. I have to like do an enlarge spell or oh, make it a super ant. What, you but know? Not just any ant. I know, a humble. Is it, does the ant have to be humble or is the ant itself humble? Wait, what's the difference? Say that again. Well, I could be a humble human, meaning I'm not a, I'm not a great representation of humanity. Right. Or I could be a humble human, or I'm not prideful. So is the ant oh. prideful, or is it is the ant not prideful, or because it's an ant, it's a nor it's a very lowly creature? Yeah, I would have to think he meant the uh, the latter. It's just a a humble. So not it can't be a special ant. I don't think but that would make it more like challenging, wouldn't it? To find ant the ant ego. that's humble. That's right. No, no, that is not just meaning it's your everyday ant. But so what do you have to do? Do you have to make the ant? Why well, do you do does, that? It doesn't say. That's great. But that seems easier to have it closet to be broken against or crushed by the foot of a humble ant. That seems a lot easier okay. than the one of these. Cause it to be steeped in the eclephatic fluids of the brain of Bahamut or the black and foul blood from the heart of Tiamat. I'm looking at, suppose it's the penetrating light and flame of the sun. So we like um, space travelers. Icarus here. Yeah, that's right. That didn't, how'd that go? Didn't go well. I don't think so. I'm just saying some of these are not exactly in the same level of complexity. You know the only reason I know about the flight of Icarus. But, well, of course I know. Right, the only reason. I haven't actually read it, of course. Well, who, no one's read it. We, that's why we have Iron Maiden. They're that's the right. crib notes of mythology. Exactly. We know Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner. I, oh, it's so long. Right. Well, that I had to read it. So, no, not this. Oh. No, this the, the song. <laughs> it goes on forever. It's, I mean, it really did get well, probably actually, capture the. Uh, but did what, it capture the. Well, it's, I, you know, back, story you want to talk about how much of a nerd I am. So, real quick sideway. sideway. Uh, we had to read Rhyme of the Ancient, Ma Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner in our English class. Mm -hmm. And I convinced my <laughs> teacher to play Rhyme of the Ancient yes. Mariner. Yeah, I love it. That's great. In the, you know, the little crappy phonographs they had at high school. You yeah. Know, so I, I, I'm sure it destroyed you brought your my vinyl. You brought your my vinyl, vinyl in. Yeah. I don't think she realized it was going to be a 13-minute song. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yeah, and they're waiting and waiting. I'm like, yeah. yes. <laughs> and everyone else, no one cares. It's just you. That's good. That's good. That's great, though. It was that's, awesome. That's a good story. Because, oh, of course, I was Riggs. This is the same thing that my the group I really like. Oh, she's like, oh, and she was trying to be encouraging. I think after that, she probably no. When Iron she Man, probably went home and drank and never said, I'll never do that. Yeah, again. when they played that in Tom, like it's bad time for bathroom break. I'll be back. I get some popcorn. I get my. That's when you get your T-shirt. Right. You do all those things. However, you get a hot dog. Part, uh, well, and our group played Rhyme with the Ancient Manager, so I have a special place for it because nowadays that's not even a long song for Iron Maiden. Thirteen minutes is oh. that's a warm up. They have songs that are twenty minutes now. So ah, oh, because they're old. Anyway, okay. The point of this is. All these are very complicated, and it should be extremely complicated to either destroy or nullify. Yeah. And the, the, the point of all this is you need to tailor them to your campaign. You should not just drop the eye of Vecna in your campaign if Vecna didn't exist. How, how did Vecna get there? Is Vecna this demi-lich, uh, arch-demi-lich uh, patrolling all the multiverses or just Greyhawk or whatever? You're going to have to decide how that plays mm -hmm. into it. Which again, uh, I think part of it is to le leverage, use these as a template, come up with some ledgery things and create your own. So we were going to roll for one. Yeah. 
So, Let's do shall that. We, uh, can we just start with the first one? This axe looked. Yeah, you know, the axe really of Dwarven Lords. Very well. I don't even want to know them because if they're ever in a campaign. Well, that's the thing. You don't. It doesn't really matter because most of their powers are are, are random anyway. But it's kind of fun not to know, don't you sure. think? Okay, we'll start with the Axe of Dwarves. Back in the old days when you didn't know about And everything. I still really don't know. I've kind of read them once, but I don't. I, I couldn't tell you. I know the Iron Hand of Vecna because the, the, the legend about them is in order to use them, you have to pluck your eye out and stick your eye, the eye in, or you have to cut your hand off and put the hand on. Do you know that half-orc, I'm sorry, orc shaman... Right, I believe they, they... They pluck their eyes out. Yeah. One of them. Because a Grumpsh or... Grumpsh, that's right. Yeah. That's loyalty. That is, yeah. It's, it's that's why I'm, when I'm a half-orc uh, cleric, I never take Grumpsh as my deity. Take the, take the mother god. Yeah, I like her with the long nails. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like that, so yeah. The Freddy Krueger's, the wife of Freddy Krueger. Yeah. All right, Acts uh, of Warven Lords. All right, so uh, let's talk a little bit about this item uh, real quickly. Legend relates that the greatest dwarf who ever lived, the first dwarven king, forged this weapon in volcanic fires with the aid of a patron god. It passed from dwarven monarch to dwarven monarch until it was lost in the invoked devastation. Centuries gone. Rumors persist of the appearance of the axe from time to time in various places. You mean like like a pawn shop or something? Right. Well, okay. back to Magic Bay, like we were talking about, M-Bay. Yeah. There would be a posting that would be taken down before you get to it. Yeah, right? You'd be, this, this posting was deleted by the author. I think that's right. But it supposedly bears a curse. The blade of the axe is equal to a sword of sharpness. What is swords of sharpness? We mean? talked about that two weeks I ago. Sword of sharp- it's the I thing, if you, if you roll so a certain roll, if you roll it high enough, let's say, uh, I think it's like 18 or above, you may cut off a certain part of the, your opponent's body. That's what I thought, but that's not the Vorpal weapon, is the head, right? Vorpal, as far as I know, it just does the head, but okay. it may do other things. All right. And it's backed by head equal to a plus three hammer. All right, we've got, oh, and it looks, it, uh, it returns to you. Extends or contracts upon command to equal a battle or hand axe. It will turn uh, 30 feet to its thrower. That's very nice. Has a dwarven abilities of uh, the user of infravision, trap detection, etc. Double abilities if a dwarf, such as lifespan, is 50% longer than normal. He or she becomes more and more dwarf-like with time until eventually he or she actually resembles one that's great do you shrink this tends as you started as well for me I, I don't i wouldn't have to shrink much right so you're right you could be that's okay that's great it's, it would that would not be a big thing so that's so basically on its own if fa- someone found the axe of dwarf swords they'd be like oh great it's a plus three hammer i can throw and this and that yeah i get some dwarf powers that's great now the fun stuff happens but can i ask you so let's say that you did take it to saul mm-hmm. past the parole right and you, you know, because you just, you know, you've done a detect magic on it and you know it's magic. Correct. And you hand it to Saul. Does his brain melt? His brain doesn't melt, but <laughs> he may, he may, if he's evil, he may use it to kill you. Oh, wait a second. You're right. I hadn't thought about this. So Saul does, so he goes through this and he discovers what it is. Mm-hmm. He's going to, he's going to, you have to follow. So you would follow the hireling henchman Absolutely. Rules. That's right. Is he evil? Then he's going to destroy you. He's basically taking, oh, so right. You should, ne- that, the, this is the point. It's like the ring. You, the, for, some of the story is interesting that Bilbo freely gives the ring to Frodo. But after that, Frodo yeah. doesn't give it to anyone else. He's like, I'm the bearer. I got no one else can look at it. No one can see it. I think only one time, right? He gives it to, before Frodo knows what the ring is, right? He gives it to Gandalf to confirm. You're, 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 you're missing a ring bearer. Besides Bilbo? 
Yeah, well, and besides Smeagol, and, and and besides Sam. Oh, he was the ring bearer. For Sam a bit. was a ring bearer, right? That's right. Version. And Sauron, he was a ring bearer. <laughs> That's true. That's true. He bore the ring. That's true. Is there any? Yeah, well, there, no, there is one more. At least one more. If anyone knows of any others, they can. I don't know. Because you hate him. I hate him. He's a gnome. He's a gnome. <laughs> he's a gnome. He's a gnome mask. Oh, Tom, whatever is it? Oh, my gosh. Yes, Tom Bombadil. He had the ring? He tosses it in the air, and he puts it on. It has no effect. He doesn't go invisible. He, it, the, the ring has no control of power. Oh, I see, I, I fellowship, I, I, I was really young. I, I, I love that. was my favorite. I have to read that again, and, it, and just the thought of it. I, I may need to have some major illness. No, it's come. the best. Do you have the Atlas of Middle-Earth? No, I don't. You have should it. get the Atlas of Middle-Earth. It's the best way to follow. You can follow where they're going. You get the Atlas of Middle-Earth and fellowship. Read them, and yes, and then you should respect Tom Bombadil. It has, he has mastery. I mean, that's not the right word. I'm sure people will quibble with that. Over the ring, in his, he has so he has complete power. I believe in the old forest right. that even the ring has no power over him. Right, which makes again makes no sense. And but. honestly, how can you not like somebody who's able to land uh, Goldberry? Well. I, I agree. That that's a different story, right? That's but maybe it's yeah. a little hatred. I, the the only thing is I don't really remember. It is. You're him. jealous. You're jealous of Bombadil. Yeah, I could be. Except I don't remember. You're him. in love with Goldberry. Uh, well, I, I don't remember any of that. I skipped over that from the time, if I recall, because it was just songs and blah blah blah, and I still they got to um, Bree. Everything between that, blah blah blah, words words words. Wow. Okay. So I'm that guy. I was also 13 when I read it. So mm. give me, and I had to read it for school. So it was. Originally, it was... Wow, I approve of your schooling. I went to New York schools. Thank you very much. Uh, so you led Lord of the Rings, and you listened to Iron Maiden. That's school. right. Rhyming <laughs> awesome. it, was, it was pretty good. That's why I graduated. <laughs> that's awesome. It was not too bad. That's the only reason you graduated. So I read the first one, and, and then at the end, it was good, and I started reading. And then Two Towers and Return of the King, I read, and I read them willingly. So, right. all yeah. right. All right. Let's let's figure out what our... Now, our players aren't going to know this, but so if you didn't identify, you know, what's going to happen is he's going to... He, well, they you should know. know that it's the... They they know. They right. went to the Dwarven Temple of whatever, right. and they see You're it right. there. They You're should, right. It shouldn't just be like... You're right. You're, right. You're not bringing it to Saul. You're not bringing it to Saul to, to do that, because it's a legendary... Yeah, item. but you know, these things could happen, though. I mean, I, I, in nine times out of ten, you could do the ringway, which you have no idea, right. like I said, Bilbo... It's lost, it someone finds right. it, right. Sure. Mm -hmm. I, I think you have to have that as an option, but that's not the standard way. Okay. If you've gone into the mines of Moria, and you've gone to the ancient tomb of King whatever, and it's sitting there, and it's untar untarnished over time. Everything else is dusty mm -hmm. and crate. You should have a clue that this is something that more than your standard uh, X plus two. But if you don't, yes, okay, you go go with that thought. So you, you're thinking that there could be an opportunity that someone's going to hand this artifact over. To I you. buy it. You know, yeah, I find it at a yard sale. Right. So um, what do they call? It? They have people that you go around to yard sales. And you just, you look right. Yeah, there you are. Yeah, right, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Or it was in someone's storage. It's like storage, storage wars. Yeah. I bid on it. Mm -hmm. And yeah, and there's a sax. You got it. Because King blah, blah, blah. Yeah, he got the biggest payment. It's been right. 300 years. Right. Ran out of money. I got gotcha. you. Okay, I like that. But all right, so we'll roll. All right, so. So the way this, so the way this works is under each uh, artifact, there are a number of features that you would have to determine. We're, we're deciding we're doing random. So this says there's two type one, one type two, one type three, one type four, one type five, one type six. So okay. basically it's slightly better than worse, meaning there are more benign and useful things than there are. 
Oh, that's true, because your your malevolent are what? Are uh, three, three and four. Three and four. Three, four, and six are bad. One, two, and five are good. Got it. Three, got it. Right. All right, so one, we're doing two ones. So this looks like roughly from Z to XX, that's uh, 26 and 24. It's 50. So there's 50 of these items, right? 26, oh. 30, 35, 40, 45. Yeah, 50. Pretty close to 50. So roll D100 and divide by 2. Okay, so what am I rolling to get to? Uh, so I'm rolling... So we're going to roll D100. So we're going to roll that. Roll this twice, and then we'll divide it by 2. Oh, okay. 30. 37, Seven. so that's 18. Uh, or 19. Let's say 37. Here, oh, here, we'll round up. 1, 2, 3, we're rounding down. Okay. 4, 5, yeah. 6, up. Rounding down. So 30, 18. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 2, 4, 6, 8. Find traps three times a day. Oh, very nice. That kind of makes sense. It's dwarvish. All right. Yeah, find traps. Okay, roll again. So, so you would write you this know? down. Find how do traps. you know? But so, okay. So how so how does this work? How does it find traps? What do you do? Well, you'd have to do legend lore to figure that out. So you do have to take it to Saul at some point, or you have to use some other means, because it says you you don't know what it is. Yeah. At the end of the descriptions, there's five tables must be conferred. Players will know virtually nothing about any powers and effects of any artifact. They must be discovered by through experimentation by their characters, legends, legend lore, etc. Okay, well, I don't want to bring it to somebody. I don't want to bring it to Saul because he'll take, right? Right, he'll kill you. He'll destroy you. Two, he's got a two out of three things he'll destroy you. Because he's got to touch it to do. Yes. Right? Legend lore is a clerical spell? Sounds uh, no, it's a magic user. It's a magic it's a fifth user? Fifth or sixth level spell. So, hope, well, if you've got a magic user that has legend lore. Right. You're probably not going after a, a, the first uh, artifact of the dwarves when you're first level. Yeah, well, it's interesting. Yeah, so, all right, so you have your own magic user there who's going to have legend lore, hopefully, and then he'll... And, and who knows if that person's going to wa not want to destroy you. So does it work like a wand, then? You, like, point the axe? Yeah, you point it, or you, you decide the thing. You, you, you hold it, and you say, find traps, or whatever. The, right. Like in Firefox, you must speak in Dwarvish. You have to, you, and maybe ancient Dwarvish. Maybe there's a dead Dwarvish language they have to learn. Maybe there's a command word. In dead Dwarvish language that they don't know. They try to use the Dwarvish, and it doesn't work. They have to find the ancient Dwarvish language. What if you... If which is a prototype language. And if it, let's say it had a command word. We talked about this last time. Right. If, you don't, if, you, if it's lost, you're in real trouble. You have to just speak with dead. You right. Have, and, and then you've got to find the dead person. Well, you'd have to find king, the first king, the first Dwarven king. Or if he passed it up. Yes, that would be the best case scenario. He may have forgotten. It's been so long. And you can go a thousand years. Maximum time. So has he been dead more than a thousand years? Yeah. If not, then you may have to do something else. You may have okay. to go to the plane and visit the soul of the dwarf or whoever it is. Mm -hmm. uh, you may have to go there and talk to them. These are the ideas. Okay, got it. And All which right. is why when you start doing this, players hate this. I just want to do detect traps right. three times no, a day. No, no, you need to do a campaign to figure <laughs> so out. Just to figure out detect. I'll just memorize detect traps. I'll just do find traps and second level spell. <laughs> exactly, I'm good. I'm good. Okay, keep going. Next one. I'm just going to sell it. Rubber senses. All right. So seven and then roll the other I'm one again. I'm sorry, I don't know why yep. I'm that thing. 78. Okay, that's, so that's uh, 30, uh, 39, right? 39. 39 yes. times two, 78. So 26, 30, 33, 36, 39. Speak with plants seven times a week. Okay. That's what you could, those are your minor benign powers. Now, major benign powers. This is an artifact. Oh, those are minor. These are okay. minor. That's a good point. So, and, so the best is yet to come. Right. So this this is very close to 52. So let's do that again. Same thing. Roll what it. am I doing? Which one? Roll percentages oh. again. Yep. Oh, what are we? Oh. 
83. 83 and then use the D6. 40, right. Yeah. High. 42. Rounding up. Yeah, eight, yep, 42. So 26, 30, 35, 40, 42. True seeing, one time a day. Oh, okay. So that's your major benign power. That's number two. Oh, that's right, because I had two minor. All right. Yeah. What did I get? True seeing, one time a day. What's true seeing? True seeing is you can true see. You can, if there was false walls, you'd see secret doors. You'd oh. see if things were trapped. you see if people's alignment. you see if there's wow. invisible creatures, ethereal wow. creatures, astral wow. creatures. That's great. That is a major power. All that right. Is. <clears throat> it's also fifth level magic, uh, cleric spell. Okay. okay. Minor malevolent effects. So this goes up to X, Y, Z. So there's 24 of these. So roll a D12 and a D6. Got it. So on the high end? Yep, so 22. 22. 22, which is the last... Uh, 22 is weight loss of 5 to 30 pounds. Mm. Oh my gosh, what if I was a halfling? You, that'd be painful. And it's not reverse. It's not... Uh, it doesn't. It's, remember, I, you could argue that this is permanent. That's what it says. It doesn't say they're basically they're permanent? Yes. So these are permanent things. So hang on. I want to see now. Where's the weight? 101, 102? Yeah, something like that. What's the tiniest I can get? So, was like a female halfling probably on weight, weight in pounds? Yeah, 50 pounds. 50 pounds. And then I. That's would, average. If she could be less, she could be 42 pounds. I'm 42 pounds. And then I lose. How much am I losing? 5 to 30. And then I lose 30. Right. You're so 12. You're, you're screwed. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> skinnier than me. <laughs> a little skinnier. That's what I did. I, I ground that axe. Yeah, you ground an axe, and that's why you're. Yeah, that's right. I, is what is, I have to do. Is that really a malevolent effect. effect for me? That would be a positive effect. I look fantastic. I, I, you'd have to pork up to keep your weight going. Exactly. Wait, uh, but you have to, but can you? So in other words, you lose it. Should you be able to pork up if it's irreversible? I'd be like, you can't gain weight. Ever? Well, it's irreversible. That doesn't seem right. So if you knew that it lost weight, you'd have to figure that and then just eat a lot before you did it. <laughs> just be 300 pounds. You'd yeah. be the fattest halfling you ever could be. So if you're 12... Wouldn't you have to roll? You'd die. Eventually, yeah. If you're 12 pounds. Yeah, you'd be dead. Well, I don't know. Anorexia. I, we'd have to look that <laughs> up. Really? It's, it's horrible. Pounds? 12 pounds is rough. That's my cat. Pre, well, premature children, premature babies are eight yeah, ounces. Yeah, but you're this high. Yes, but you're, ha you're not this. You're You'd be skin and bones. It's true. I, I agree with you. You'd be undead. You'd be, <laughs> back to the undead. <laughs> the undead halfling. <laughs> Which is carrying this giant axe. <laughs> you can't carry it. <laughs> just like, that's, that's one of those. That's, that's one of those. That's one of those things. Right? Well, it'd be very Gollum-like because Smeagol yeah. became Gollum. He kind of transitioned. Sure. You have a little wagon. <laughs> you have the the radio flyer. That's right. <laughs> Someone give me my axe. No, don't touch it. Don't, don't kill it. It's mine. I'll destroy you. Someone give it to me. No, don't touch it. That's right. That's awesome. Okay. All right. So good news. That's the minor one. Now you get to figure out the major malevolent power. Okay. So again, he's got a Z and four and four. So that's thirty-four uh, powers. So 34 powers, let's, what's the easiest way to do that? Let's just do uh, 60, can we do 60? No, that won't work. Uh, 34. Mm. How about I roll percentile until I get it? Uh, one in 34. Well, let's just, let's just do, let's, let's do one in, let's just do D20 and then we'll split it by that. And then if it's more than, so six, go ahead, roll it again. Oh, that's right, I didn't, I'm sorry. Do six, that's right. Then Wait, roll, let's roll this. Yeah. See if it's, if, okay, so that's 16. 
So 16, and now roll this again if it's in the top or the bottom. I'm, I'm making this up. I'm okay. Right, I'm sorry. Uh, so 16, uh, let's see, so we went 12. So basically I'm taking this, making this equal to 40 and, and the yeah, top three are not being you done. You don't have to explain. Thank you, I appreciate it because I'm just making this up. So 10, Did 16. you carry the one? I did carry the one. <laughs> 16. So yeah, utterance of a spell causes complete loss, loss of voice for one day. Oh, so if I'm a spellcaster. Right, so this, if you're the halfling thief, that's not a big deal. Okay, cool. All right. I like the one after that. Yeah. Or use uh, the one before it. User withers and ages three to thirty years each time the primary power is used, eventually turning the possessor into a deathless withered zombie guardian of the item. Yeah. Which goes, which I think probably if I was going with the lost three to thirty five to thirty pounds, I would do that one. You know what we haven't talked about? Because that makes more sense. You basically just become this husk of a dwarven axe guardian. But keep going. Go but that, but that, that raises the issue. Why? So why do you, what, what's the nature of artifacts and relics that they come with also necessarily, right, of these malevolent powers, I mean, or effects? They do really, all have? I mean, are yes. there any that don't have malevolent effects? I, I don't recall ever seeing one that doesn't well, here's, have. Yeah. So the question is, and if there are any, there's certainly not many. They also well, there's Eye of Vecna. So for instance, Eye of Vecna does not have a, uh, it doesn't have a side effect, but it has... A bunch of other things, like for instance, you become neutral evil. So what is it change. about what is it about artifacts and relics that they generally come with malevolent effects? I mean, why? I mean, is it well using the model of the ring? It's a powerful item that controls things, but it, it that comes with a price, which is mm-hmm. you're controlled by the, the the item, and you you're you're bent to its will. So, so whatever it takes to create this item and make imbue it with positive attributes is so difficult that the doors cracked open and some malevolent ones. You well, you or or what? Well, it's it's if you want to go really sideways, it's the when we study ants and we dissect them or, or rabbits, humble the humble ant, right? From our perspective, it's we're, we're we're furthering science. From the ants' perspective, it's a horrible thing that we're doing to it, right? Mm-hmm. So these are powers that we cannot comprehend, mm-hmm. and we're, we're opening the door to cosmic forces when you use these artifacts. These mm-hmm. are portals to the divine and to forces that mere mortals should not understand. Oh, that's a good point. That's the I way I would that. look at it. I like that. Thank you. Okay. Which makes more sense than than, than the deities are just being capricious and just right. kind of throwing a bunch of things the, on there. We view them as malevolent. Right. <laughs> They're malevolent to us. Right. These are, these are forces we are not supposed to have. Yeah. And we're, we're leveraging. Well, that's true. Yeah, you're paying a price to, yeah. You know, to it's use back it. to yeah. the Icarus thing. You're, you're flying to somebody. So, uh, but now... So there's gonna, no free lunch. There's no free lunch. Greyhawk. And that's why for most artifacts, people don't want to use them. That's the other thing. You know, if, the, if the players know artifacts, if they've been a DM or they've read the DMG... I don't people people don't tend to clamor for them because yeah I think you 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 get them because it's a quest for some better somebody else wants it and wants to use or you want it well or you want to destroy it right, right. I mean the you have to destroy ring. it or yeah. something exactly they're not really so right it sounds like they're, they're really not if you're that high level anyway it's time to shut the campaign down and well but that's go it people like on them. the borderlands that's start again right. well that's you say but the, okay. some players love that okay so we still have our prime powers so these are just so we got 
locate, we got speak with plants. Unfortunately, we lose weight, and uh, if we utter a spell, we can't speak for the rest of the day, which could be a problem if you're a spellcaster. Okay. Now we have prime powers. Mm -hmm. There are, oh, there's LL. So let's see, uh, 4, 8, 12. 12 and 26 is 38. Okay, let's do the, let's do the D20 again. Roll a D20. Okay. So you have to do that twice. Roll both of them together. Oh, I got it. All right, all right. So that's three. a three, and then roll a, a d6 to figure out if it's top three or bottom three. Bottom three, so it's 29. Time stop of twice normal duration, one time a week. Wow. Rest is that a spell? Yes, it's a ninth level magic user spell. You stop time. Stopping time. Wow. So, so you, But I can I do stuff Correct. time is stopped. So you have an axe that you, everyone great. else is top time, and you have an axe, and you, you're, you're, you're thinner, you can't speak, but you can wail on people. So everyone's like, what happened to right. Gordo? Gordo right. just is gone, because time stopped and I left. Or you've killed everyone that you could. Oh, so all of a sudden you're doing stuff, and all of a sudden just everyone's... Yeah, everyone else has stopped. Yeah. You're just moving around. It's, it's like one of those, those movies you see where everything's, everyone's like this, and the other person's kind of walking around. That's time stop. Yeah, okay. But it's and the reason it's powerful is because it says double the, the duration, because typically the duration is... Very small. It's in segments, if I remember correctly. I think so. Yeah, it's half a segment per level plus one to eight segments. So, if at cast at 18th level, you're talking about 10 to uh, 18 segments. So, if double that would be 20 to 36 segments. So, you're talking two minutes. You can do a lot of damage in two minutes. I mean, I think what I would, I would be inclined to do is probably is to select powers and effects that I felt were consistent with sure. the nature of the item. And, and it's fun randomly, but because you probably wouldn't pick It's a little it. gonzo, though. Right. Right, so this item's a little... Well, let's gonzo. do side, side effects, because oh. we still haven't done that. Because when you use the thing, you're supposed to ro roll this, if I remember, 4, 8, 12, 16, 18, all right, roll D20. 17. 17, so that's pretty much close to the end. Whenever the prime power is used, those creatures friendly to the user within 20 feet, excluding the user, will sustain 5 to 20 hit points of damage. Wow. There you go. And what was the prime? The prime power was the time stop? The time stop. stop, yeah. So anytime you use time stop? They're getting 5 to 20. Wow. Bam. Okay. Wow. How's that? Yeah, that's really nice. Every prime power, yeah. Friendly to the user will sustain. Yeah, that's definitely, that's... No, no. <laughs> I'm doing it. Not no. again, no. I only have how many hit points. Ah! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I've lost 30 pounds. I'm a, just, I'm a guardian crypt keeper. So you get the idea. Yeah. I'm like, someone else is going to feel my pain. Right. You but, know? But it's kind of like, you know, these are superhero powers. And so um, players, for the most part, don't like these because they cause their unknown. There's, there's downside, and players don't like downside. So with that... So um, you have to tailor them to the campaign. So you mentioned the artifact. Was that uh, that you had in your campaign or in your module? That was built into the um, module itself, or did you make it? Well, sort of both. So it was an item that was, it was the treasure of Barlon, which was an adventure written by Molly Plant. Mm -hmm. uh, Plant or Plants, I can't remember. But she wrote Chapel of Silence, which is in Dragon Magazine, which I, I'm quite fond of. And it was a, I can't remember if it was a scepter, you know, you're supposed to, there was this item in there that this illusionist wanted to get. And so it, it the way it was described was as an, uh, you know, a very powerful item, whatever. I envisioned it as 
an artifact. He was a 14th level illusionist, I okay. think. Okay, yeah. I viewed it as an artifact or a relic, the way it, it I, well, I guess it would be an artifact. And so I made it an artifact. And then, so I just, I picked an artifact out of the book, because I think it was a scepter. And so I picked, okay. I can't remember what I picked, it, which scepter I did. It was one sure. that could be good, neutral, or even when I made it evil. Nice. So that's what I did. I, I, that's what I did. And you guys, you guys touched Har it. Horrible things happen. And you touched it. And so that was a save versus death. And I liked it. The character it. didn't make a save. I thought you guys would just sort of drop it in the backpack or something. But no, no, no. People want power. I created one. So my one of my early campaigns when I was younger, I had, uh, because again, for your campaign, you're going to have to design. You sh if you're not in Greyhawk, uh, then you're going to have to figure out how these fit into your campaign. Because like the Eye and Hand of Vecna, they're related to Vecna. Vecna is a creature within the Greyhawk area. It's in the milieu, and you'd have to change it to your milieu. So you could call it the Eye and Hand of Bob. You know, Bob's the right. evil archmage. But I had an artifact that was called the Hammer of Creation, that the idea was this mad mage enlisted a dwarf, dwarf master craftsman to create this world and use this hammer to do that. And the mage was trying to do an experiment between good and evil, but as the power of building this experiment, he was losing his mind and started shifting everything to evil. So the dwarf, being good, put the hammer in the world to help balance things. So, so the players, at first level, find this hammer. Now the problem is, again, it's a giant hammer, and they had to figure out how to use its powers and discover that. So that's one way, like the ring, they're not sure what it is, and they had to use the campaign to figure out how to use it to, to uh, write the world of this experiment. So again, that was the best my 16-year-old brain could come up mm -hmm. with at the time. But it was an artifact that had pros and cons, and again, as soon as you put this in the world, you put this thing in play, there's going to be forces around it that are going to want to get it, both forces of evil and forces of good that are going to want to use it. There are going to be people like Boromir who are going to be like, we should use this to defeat evil. The evil people may realize that they're in this weird experiment and want to escape from the experiment, so they want this. So there are plenty of opportunities to do that, but you have to tail, you can't just drop you know, the, uh, the Eye of Vecna in there and just say, oh, go for it. Mm -hmm. um, and it could be party-breaking. Uh, you know, are you going to specifically say the hammer can only be used by certain creatures, or is it open to everyone? Um, you know, the hand of Vecna is always the classic, because someone eventually is going to go, I cut my hand off and put the hand on to see what happens. Well, wait a minute, you're a paladin. I don't care. I want to become an evil fighter now. And at that point, the game is going to change. And it even talks about that the, at what artifacts will make, like Frodo, like Bilbo, they are altered from that. So... Um, that's the challenge with them, but they can be a lot of fun. They can drive your story, but you have to kind of think about that. One of the areas, I remember one of the first ones um, that I saw that weren't in this book, that, but were called artifacts, was in S3. Uh, no, I'm sorry, S2, White Plume Mountain, mm -hmm. where they had the three artifacts that you were supposed to get, Wave, Whelm, and Black Razor. They I were considered, um, and uh, one of my characters had... Now, whether he legitimately had Black Razor, I don't remember, but he, his, he was assassin, and Black Razor was the infamous sword that you see on the back of the cover where the guy's holding it. It looks like this obsidian piece of stone it has stars in it. Well, those are the souls of the things that it's sucked out of creatures. It has to be fed regularly. So you basically are going to turn evil if you keep using because you basically you're, the sword is going to compel you to murder so it can be fed the souls of, of creatures. And um, so 
you know, again, it's a great weapon. Oh, it's plus three. It does this and that. Souls. Oh, but now you got to murder people all the time. Right. You're not taking. There's not a lot of downtime when you have Black Razor. So, um, I think we've talked about it. Changes the player. It can be a very powerful tool to drive a campaign, but you have to use it properly. Um, it shouldn't be destroyed easily, and that's a style of play that you're going to have to decide you want to do. If not, if you want to do the more old, you know, going from module to module, this is not going to work probably, unless you have to then weave in the little yeah. tip tidbits on it. Anything else from that, from your perspective? No, no, I think that covers it. I think we did a good job on that. Okay, so yeah, it's all right, it's all right. You give it a C. What's our grade on this? Say C plus. C plus. Okay, it's above the grade. Above our average. Above our average, right? <laughs> We're moving up. That's right. I like it. We have a positive grade trend. That's right. Well, you know, I haven't been tracking that. I'll need to do that as well. Put, yeah, put it in the comments what grade there is. Yeah, that, right. You know, and, and use whatever scale because, we, again, we have international people. A C may mean I don't know how they grade things in other mm-hmm. countries. So um, now it's time for our suggestion. Suggestion. And... Uh, you know, I'm going to go first and let Dan kind of think it. So my suggestion is in doing research for this, um, because these artifacts are um, unique for the most part to Greyhawk, and which is the f- campaign that was published. You know, I didn't know about Blackmore when I was uh, growing up. Um, and, and in the previous, I started with first edition. Mm-hmm. I still have the Gazette, the Greyhawk Gazette, Gazetteer, whatever it's called. So for me, Greyhawk is the default campaign. All the modules we bought were built in there. Yeah. So, but you know, shortly, I don't know if Greyhawk continued past second edition. There may have been parts of it, but after that, Greyhawk disappeared. But there have been people who've continued to have what's called the living Greyhawk, which has continued forward. And so I was doing research on artifacts, and I found that the GreyhawkOnline.com uh, is, is enthusiasts of people who have continued that and they have the Orth Journal, and I'll put the link there, where you can see what has happened to Greyhawk since the time of the early 80s when the official Gazetteer came out. So there's this great war that happened, and the map gets changed around, and whether you want to do that or not, that's up to the you. The map got changed around. Well, the, the parts of things, the countries like who, have been changed. Like who controls what? Mm-hmm. That's right. Do you have, you have, you have Greyhawk, don't that's you? right over there. Yeah, Where, all the way to the left. Yeah, there it is. Should we show it? Can we take sure. the map out to show our sure. viewers? Yeah, we can. Because your suggestion, so you, it could just simply be Greyhawk, right? You well, have, oh, you have more than one. Oh, I do. Wow. Well, that, well, there's two maps. There's, oh, there's two maps. But I have two versions of it. But you too. do have two versions. Wow, so there's two maps. This is beautiful. This is in good condition. I don't want to hurt this. That's right. So there it is. Is this the one that you bought? This is from back in the day? That's right. The one that you had? I did. Oh, yeah. So this is, I guess, the east. Is this the, yeah, it's the east, west, the east side of it. Yep. Yeah. So, for instance, for those playing, playing on the uh, podcast, we're looking at the east side of the map. On the west side, there's the part of Eus, and I remember Eus spreads out, and one of the kingdoms of, uh, gets wiped out in, in, in what they've done. So there's a bunch of fan fiction I guess you can call it that, that have done that. So I have two versions of that. I have this one and I have another one. Um, so one was my friend's and one was mine. How much, um, how much, in there, there's, a, uh, there's a booklet that came with sure. Greyhawk, yep. right? I do how have much, that as well. How much information was in the booklet? How much, oh. how much discretion 
I mean, I know you can change anything you want, but generally, how much discretion did you have? If you were like, let's say I wanted to run a Greyhawk campaign, mm -hmm. one of the things that's always concerned me is that there's so much information. I, didn't, I don't want to spend much time learning a bunch of stuff. Sure. How much discretion did Greyhawk give you? Was it terse? Yes. It was terse, so you yes. would still have a lot of discretion. And that's the beauty of living Greyhawk. If you want to, and I think there's a philosophy, and I didn't read the whole thing, I need to read some more. But the idea is people could contribute to this, and it's kind of like the multiple DM. We, we decide on a world. You can pull the other one out. That has the, that has the books with it. And wait, are these all? I loved the crest. So yes. I was mesmerized by Greyhawk back in the day. And so I Each noticed crest that on, associates with a thing. Yep. With an, oh, so it tells you, right? So this is 33. Well, that would is probably that the, be on the other side. It'd be 29. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, there it is. That's the front, and that's the back. Yep. I got you. So the folio tells you. What they are, exactly, and then you can look it up, yep. and it gives you a little. Yeah, bit if you look in the one next to it, same same thing over there. Right yeah, pull oh. that one up. That's the gazetteers. There's two parts. There's oh, it gives so you the thick. huh? It's so thick. Well, but that's the whole. That's that's one book. There's a second book that comes with it, but it says similar things because oh it gives you the calendar. It gives you the but but look at each kingdom. Here's a kingdom, okay. Blackmore. Tells you a little bit. Oh, population. they had a kingdom called Blackmore. Yeah, so they that had was a, obviously. That's right. Homage, to that's Dave right. homage to Dave Arneson. That's right. Oh, wow. That was in the northern part. So they give you a highlight who the king is and just a general thing about it. So you could, so like let's say that you had a city. You could probably create, I mean, these are just the major cities. So if right. I wanted Absolutely. to. Like I was interested in maybe running a campaign, and remember Barnicus, City of Barnicus, City in Peril? So. Yep, City in Peril, yeah. For Dragon Magazine, which is on the coast. Well, here's Blackmore right here. So here's Blackmore. I, you can so put it right could, in Blackmore. So you, I could probably drop it somewhere in there, exactly. right? As, and know. That's right. And then you could be part of this community, and now I don't know how you get part of this community, where you could add that city, if it was yours, into there. And, and they basically are continuing creating the Greyhawk world and fleshing it out. And so... Uh, you no, know, no, 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 no. It stops for me at, what, 80? 84. Right. No, no, if it's not in here, okay, I'm not interested. I'm sorry. I well, guess, but, but you I are changing I, yourself. You're going to change guess, it, your own thing. I made my save, but that's different. Okay. Isn't it? You don't, okay, it's okay if you change it, but you don't want to have other people help you contribute. Exactly. Okay, exactly. Well, that's fine. But there are ideas that you can add to it. <laughs> So uh, again, that's what I recommend for that. So yeah, there's there's oh yeah, and there's the yeah, there's the uh, is this volume two? Yeah, that's the glossography, which I didn't quite understand. Glossography. Oh, so it like define. Oh, so it's just more information. Yeah, it has tides and seasons. Wow. Terrain effects. Oh, determining what? Oh, I didn't know that Greyhawk. So Greyhawk has its own weather chart. That's right. Is it based on the one from Dragon Magazine? Or uh, you know, that's a good question. Weather in the world. Look at that. Mm -hmm. Marshes. Wow. It's a lot to learn. It's if you want, but, but you don't need time. to do all that. Okay. It's like a you don't you don't read the whole Encyclopedia Britannica. Well, if you had one, you you use it if it's a reference. If people go, oh, what's what's the weather out today? Oh, hold on, let me go look it up. Does this sit out separately? Like this? yeah, it's fine. It's I gotta put it together at some point. So, what would be fun is to run multiple campaigns. I think we talked about this. Right. We're all in Greyhawk and just at different places, but at the same time, and we just talk about the general world the, events at the same time. That's kind of cool. That's a version of what they're doing here, but we could do it ourselves. Absolutely. Okay. Sorry. In fact, one of my uh, when I was redid it for my family when I was playing with them online through World Twenty, I would did a Cult of the Reptile God, which is placed in Greyhawk. And I just took that part out. And you, again, I didn't start with the whole world. I started with, you're starting in right. Hohawk, which is right. the big town, and you're going to Orlane. And you just... Pff. Right. 
cut out the sex. This is what right. they knew. They right. don't know the rest of the right. world. They don't know anything. So um, that's one way to do it. So that's my suggestion. What's your suggestion? I hope you fail your save on that. Okay. Well, my suggestion is actually, you suggested my suggestion. That's okay. A good suggestion. I, think... I agree completely with it, which is you want module U1, the sinister secret of salt marsh. Uh, which U, if I recall correctly, stands for United Kingdom, mm -hmm. right? These were modules. For, from the UK, exactly. From the UK. And it's a low-level adventure, right, for starting I know I think it's, what, levels one to three. Right. But typically characters would be level one, maybe level two. Right. And it was a great low-level adventure. Uh, it, uh, if I recall correctly, I don't want to give away too much for people who haven't been through it. But, yeah, right, there's two parts to mm -hmm. U1, right? So it's sort of right. the town part, and then there's a subsequent part. That's right. You, you, there's a haunt, haunted house, and we're playing it right now. John, uh, DM John, who is part of our group, it's just introduced us to that, and we're investigating this ancient, this old banner on a cliff and trying to figure out what it is. So we just started the adventure, but I like it because it's not your typical dungeon crawl. Exactly, right. I mean, there's an opportunity for role-playing, investigating this mystery, you know. Would you call it, would you call it an example of Scooby-Doo or something? Yes, I think that's, it's, it's considered sort of a Scooby-Doo adventure. What, what's up with this haunted house? And so I, I haven't heard anybody who dislikes the Sinister Secret of Saltmarsh. So uh, if you're looking for a good low-level adventure, I would highly recommend. Yeah. I, I was very close to... I had a plan at one time to, to have sort of a pirate theme. I know it sounds funny because it sounds like something you do yeah. for a costume party. But like a pirate-themed kind of, you know, on the coast. And, you know, Sinister Secret mm -hmm. of Saltmarsh is on the coast. And so you can wrap it into, I think I started with the Tower of Xenopus, which was the sample module from the Holmes Basic, uh, which is on the water. And I was going to do a few other ones that were on the water as well. So um, if you, if you want to have sort of a, uh, a, a nautical-based campaign, right. Sinister Secret Salt Marsh would work quite well. Well, you are a visionary because they just released uh, in 5th edition, because right, there's what's on YouTube, a whole basically pirate-based mm. book. And secret, and it's called Ghosts of the Salt Marsh or something. Yeah. Because, you know, they're not dumb. They're, they're going back. They're pulling all this nostalgia because this has been, you know, 35, 40 years since this stuff was originally produced. They're like, oh, let's mine this. This is gold. We'll pull it all forward. The new people who've never played it, We'll appreciate it because we'll redo it. But in the old people are like, oh, nostalgia, perfect. It's like Star Wars. It's like redoing it for the new generation. Yeah, and you know, it, it's to me, it's kind of like music. Mm -hmm. So take a genre like heavy metal. Obviously, there's going to be some 90% of it no one's going to listen to unless they loved it back then. It's nostalgic. Or if, you're, or if you're a teacher and you get con you right. think it's smart for you to have a 13-minute song play in right. English, which right. is one of my that highlights. Would, that would never happen. Um, but, you know, there's going to be some that's just classic, right? Like you hear a crazy train, of course, is played yeah. at every sporting event and, you know, ACDC songs. So, you know, there's going to be like Sinister, I, I would assume in a module like Sinister Secret Salt Marsh is just a good module. It's not a good 1E module. Right. Adventure, right? It's just a good adventure. Right, exactly. So there's, there's certain adventures that should be played. You know, I would think. Well, the format is definitely, is definitely good. I mean, the, the, the structure of... It's not typical, and so far, you know, there's a lot of hooks. I think, again, I I don't know the module. I don't want to know the module because I'm playing it. But what from what I can tell, the setup already is way different, and it's manageable because John's doing a good job. Inter uh, there's a town. There's haunted. 
it's uh, and you're going to this thing it's, and he's done a, it's good description of what it is and clearly we've already had some clues that something's going on that's not uh, quote unquote um, you know it's not a ghost thing there's some things that clearly some monster or humans are doing things it's not spirits we haven't met any spirits yet so you're the meddling kids we are the meddling kids so you didn't go through salt marsh back in the day no oh so you're in for a treat that's awesome that's that, great that's right yeah that's haven't, fantastic. haven't done it. if we survive yep yeah. if we survive which uh we haven't had i will say john is definitely in your uh, vein of let the dice fall where they may right to, to village of hamlet we were eviscerated so. yeah i saw you failed who fails Village of Hamlet? Apparently, we, apparently we do. <laughs> you didn't. You didn't kill the baddie. I don't think so. <laughs> Unless the baddie was that was that giant rat. Right. Unless the baddie was one of the bugbears that was killed. Yes. Bugbear number three. Bugbear number three. Yeah. I, I. Well, the problem was I missed one session, and so I went from. So yeah, we're in the others. No, we're doing oh. well. To I get there, and we're all. It was like whatever the last. Uh, I don't know. Custer's last stand. We're sitting in like this room that couldn't be closed. I'm like, well, I can't say anything because I'm unconscious, and it, yeah. we, we met our uh, untimely death. But one did survive. One of our players did escape. Wait, every only one player survived. Yes. Oh my goodness. That's what I said. Yeah, he really is. Uh, yeah, right. following in my vi- wow. Yeah. Only one. One survived. Do you like do you like plot development? You like characters? You you got to get past first level. So you rolled up new care. Oh yeah, that's right. So you rolled up. So what? Yeah, what's that's your, right. Now I'm this brother. I'm, of, I'm uh, Dwinkly Pew. Dwinkly. <laughs> Dwinkly Pew. <laughs> yeah, your brother is. Um, crinkly Pew. <laughs> right. Crinkly. Crinkly. What did you call him? It's your. Clinky. Clinky. Kinky Pew. No, 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 no. Clinky. Clinky Pew. Clinky Pew. What? What's wrong with the normal name? I don't know why. Why? You, well, I like. I uh, why did you put Christmas pew? I don't know what that means. Well, okay, that's a South Park reference. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah. What is that? I haven't seen South the Park. Christmas poo is this. I don't know where it came oh. from, but it's this an, uh, animated piece of poo that is from Christmas. Yeah, no, this is pew. I know, but I P-E-W. said pew. Pew, but okay. I said poo. Clinky pew. So, but I now, yeah, now you're I'm, a gnome. I'm a gnome fighter illusionist. So what's happened to you? Well, you know what I, I said. You know what the saying is. I said once you go on gnome, you can't. This is right. You so. never go home. Once you go gnome, you never go home. I'm now I'm Winkly Poo. Why? Because it's I'm going to either embrace this. What what is you it? When, when you fear or, or mock something, you either embrace yeah. it and totally kill it for everyone else, which mm-hmm. is my goal. But I may enjoy it. So. That's awesome. So you've gone gnome. I've I gone. Love it. I've gone. No, no illusionist. Illusionist yeah. fighter. Fighter illusionist. That's, That's awesome. That's With great. With thirteen strength, so I'm very powerful. Mm-hmm. That's great. But I have. Uh, I have. High, I have high decks, high intelligence, and you speak with burning animals. I, I've multiple times. I've talked because we, we were going through the forest. Uh, well, now we're in uh, Tower of No Forest of Doom. No, you're in Forest of Doom. Where were you? Well, we're still here yeah. Salt Yeah, so everywhere I'm going, I'm trying to speak to Burning y- Out. Yes, you should. Right. This is really underused. I can't tell you how many DMs seem surprised when I play a gnome and we're, you know, I say, are there any animals around? 
Right. Well, you saw, you saw me when we played your game. I was trying to... And, 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 and I let you. I was that pretty... Right? You let me. You, you, what? You definitely nerfed it. I could have... I, I should have known exactly where the forest was. There should have been a collection of squirrels who would come together and guide us directly to the place. That's not what happened. Well, but the problem is, you know, what's the radius for a squirrel? I mean, Well, you know, I would talk to the one squirrel and say, go bring your friends together. Like, um... Not well, Snow White. Yeah, like, no, like Snow, was it like Snow White or which no, one? Where all the birds and the friend. animals... They're not in. your friend. You gave him food and he got a little bit more friendly. Well, of course they're my friend. Any creature that could kill them instantaneously is talking to them. I should be, they should be He was in up in a tree. I could have what slayed him. flying no? I could have destroyed him. <laughs> destroyed with your axe. Your dwarvish axe that you hurl. That's 30 right. feet. Comes, comes back with a squirrel on it. <laughs> yeah, I could fear my... The fact that... I mean, I, I, apparently these squirrels are not very... Uh, Amazed by the fact that yeah. some creature not a squirrel is talking to them. It must happen all the time. They're like, I know if you throw that axe, you're going to cause five to twenty hit points of damage to all your buddies. <laughs> okay. I don't. So I'm calling your bluff. Uh, I see. Well, that squirrel is, right. and that's the problem. These squirrels are very. They're. Uh, they have agency. They're smart. They're smart. They're very they're smarter smart. than most of the other players. Until you talk to them. Oh, yeah. Then they I become stupid. <laughs> that's right. Then they become stupid. Uh, <laughs> they. They know their motivation. They know everything. Right. They. They know the geopolitics of the world. I have to go potty now. <laughs> that's right. I gotta chew on a nut. <laughs> and then go body to sleep. <laughs> and repeat. Oh, so they get to, I must cross the. must run into traffic. Run into no, traffic. So you become. When you play, you become the typical player. Right. You think everybody else, all animals, are just there for you. Right. They're that's, not. That's why, that's why I'm playing them. Because it's not. like. I assume that was the case, but okay. apparently not. So, in other words, I, therefore, I recommend you won. Yes, it's a secret of salt marsh, and I, and I, you know, and and I don't think I remembered to to invoke that, even though I had just played a gnome before. So I'm going to. You should recommend gnome, gnomes. Maybe next time. No, okay. I'm not going to. We'll see how you do with that. Uh, well, and again, I did use my uh, detect unsafe floors, which I detected, but somehow. I still was an idiot and fell through, so I'm not sure. Before playing an illusionist, always ask your DM, have you ever played an illusionist? See, you're in good shape because you've got Jezebel. Right. Was the, you know, your DM had Jezebel. Right. Of Jeze famously of Jezebel's corner. Right. And so um, corner, he should be. Uh, corner of, uh, of, what is that, prestidigitation? Is that prestidigitation? Or fortune telling. Fortune telling. Yes, correct. So um, you've got, you should, unless he's going to be tougher on you. Because he wasn't, oh, just expect more from you. Yeah. I hold you to a high standard. I'm, I'm, I'm sure it's not going to work out. All I'm right. sure it's going to be a train wreck. So, with that said, uh, next time I think we'll do swords and maybe one other thing. Magic items. We'll wrap up magic items because we've got a lot. Of, got a couple of good items. The undead, I think, would be a good one. Talk mm -hmm. about um, detecting and various other things. Paladins, maybe. Uh, burrowing animals. Burrowing at well. Burring. Can I speak to retainers? And I think we talked about retainers, but we need to do more about retainers and NPCs. Yeah, can I talk to burrowing animals? That's a two-hour segment. Right there. Oh, oh, yeah, at least probably two-parter. Burrowing animals. Well, the Hobbit movie was, you know. Right. If you can, if you can take a hundred, two hundred page book and make it to, to ten hours of movies, right. why can't we take burrowing animals? Well, out? there's going to be a long discussion of well, how often do you have to burrow? Right. Right? Things like that. Well, and how, I, how intelligent are these animals? What do they say to you? What do they know? What's their radius? And like for me, I know that when I asked if there was an owl that was a burrowing owl. 
And you had to determine whether the owls that were there were not burrowing owls. Well, yeah. He, when I said he wasn't burrowing at the time, and he was pretty large. That'd be pretty you, big seem, you seem to adjudicate that really quickly. You really, I don't, yeah, think, I don't no. think you really spent time figuring out I did well, not. of the percentages of owls we'd run into, how many of them were burrowing. No. This so, one, no, this one's not burrowing. So as a DM, you're going to have, if you have a gnome, you're going to have to figure out all the woodland creatures that are there, determine do they have a burrowing subspecies, and then mm-hmm. come up with a table to figure out Right. The percentage chance of them being burrowed. And then how to help. Well, let's not give away too much. Oh, yeah. It's a nice separate podcast. <laughs> that's Unless, a Should we just keep going? No, that's right. No. Let's just do it now. No, no. You sure? I need to do more research on the types of burrowing animals. I don't think You're we're not re- ready. I'm not ready to do burrowing animals. So, okay. well, all right. Give, give, the, give, if they've listened this long, well. you should tell them the great news about our major award. Oh, yes, that's the right. The major award. I forgot. They've been recognized. Right. So, yeah. So, again, thank you for all those who are listening. We've gotten lots more emails. Uh, you can listen to us on iTunes. Lots you can listen more. To us on Google. Three. <laughs> we have correspondence now. Uh, from one. From multiple people. <laughs> more than one. <laughs> See? That's right. The... Um, you can listen to iTunes, Google Play. Of course, we're on YouTube, which is if you're watching the live stream. We do live stream. We try to do it Saturday mornings in the United Eastern Standard Time. Um, and then we, we put that out there. Um, but we got news. It was, it was a little bit older. So I don't know the exact stats. I have to uh, go that as per Chartable, we are a charting gaming podcast in Sweden. Wow. wow. What, are we, what are we, number three, number four? Um, close. Okay, what, 10? Um, 12? A little south of Top that. Top 20? N- not Top quite. Top 50? Top 100? Uh, <laughs> Top 200. It's better than 1,000. We're not the no. last ranked Are podcast. we in the top 500? Yes, yes. we are. In Finally. Sweden. Sweden. Thank you to our Swedish listeners. Thank you. Wait, why'd you put an S on that? Thank you to whoever listener. <laughs> thank you to anyone who inadvertently clicked on our link more than once. From Sweden. From Sweden, because we are ranked as one of the top gaming podcasts. Yes. What number? Uh, well, this was old information. So it I'm could sure, be much higher now. I, I assume it is. This was back in April. Um, that was last month. Yeah, but early April, late March, early <laughs> April, right. something like that. And. Um, I should probably convert into hexadecimal because it would probably sound better, but uh, 339. Wow, so we're the 339th. That's right. What is it? Gaming podcast? Gaming podcast in Sweden. <laughs> there are 339? <laughs> yes. Gaming. There are exactly no, 339. No, I, I can say with certainty we are not the least popular <laughs> How did, you, how did you know that? How did because you know? there, when I looked at gaming oh, podcasts, people below us? yes, it wasn't like the following five thousand are tied for three hundred and thirty-nine. No, no. Wow, there are people below us. I will look that now. I have to sign up for Chartables, which I haven't done, but they sent me an unsolicited email proclaiming this is like a Christmas story where they, you know, you got the prize for the that's unsolicited. The same kind of thing. Now I'm, you need to. Are you going to put this somewhere, right? Yeah, absolutely. So it says the three hundred. We need to. We need to. I'm going to put that on Twitter. Market this. I'm going to put you. that on Twitter. The 339th most popular right. gaming podcast. <laughs> <It's sweet. laughs> I, will, I will sign up for podcasts just to see that. That's awesome. <laughs> so if you're Swedish, thank you. And and you live in Sweden and you listen to this podcast. If you could just have one other person, tell your yeah. If you had just one other person, we could move up to like three hundred and thirty. Yes. 
Tell your tell your friends in Sweden. You have a direct opportunity to change the fabric of podcasts. Okay, here's the deal. Mm-hmm. No, it's not a deal. This is not an offer. It's legally binding. But this is what I say. Right. If Sweden can get us up to like the top 10, we really need to think about a pilgrimage to Sweden. Right. Don't you think? I agree. Having a, like, going to someone's basement. Right. In I, Sweden. I assume they have basements there, yep. Right. And yep. Um, that's the top 10 challenge. If, if we can become one of the top 10, you know, I know there's critical role and these other ones have thousands, of, but if you can get us to the top I'm 10. I'm not impressed. You're not impressed? Okay. Not okay. I mean, the amount of listeners, that's, I mean. If we can get to the top 10, I think we would have to. In Sweden. Right, have in to go, Sweden. You have to go. We'd have to go. Right. The, and so. The top right. 10 Swedish challenge. And we would go and we'd broadcast from Sweden. Right. We brought, well, I assume if we had that many fans, they would figure out a place for us. They would, we would put a contest of where we would go in Sweden. You know, we go, right. we go into Stockholm, Gothenburg. I mean, there's a bunch of places that we. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you could end up at. So we would come up with, we may do a tour. And we'd run it, we would. We'd do a tour and we'd run games. So what we'd do right. is we'd show up there, we'd do the morning podcast, right. and then we go to your, I assume they have, what is this acronym now, this friendly gaming store thing? You know, they have, yeah, 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 whatever. Yeah, sure. We'd go to that and we'd run a 1E game. That's right. We would make a module for that, which we've talked about, and we would make a module and we would run that. Very Sweden-esque module. Right. The search for the, I'm, I'm not going to say the, something that's like inappropriate. A, the Swedish, like the Swedish fish artifact. Right. And be a little Swedish right. And that would be, be good. I think that would be great. So, Or Viking, it could be. Obviously, they're oh, Viking, that'd be good. Viking, yeah. Viking themed. Yep, mm-hmm. That's all good. So that's the Swedish challenge. We've laid it out. Mm-hmm. In fact, I'll post that on Twitter. The Swedish challenge. Yeah. Um, and someone has asked about Patreon. We're planning to set up Patreon in the next two or three weeks. So again, if you want to support the channel, we appreciate that. We thank you for all those who are interested. It's 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 really been it's it's great. I mean, even with the small, uh, we've only been doing this a few months. We're seeing a lot of good feedback. Because so that coffee is not free. No, the coffee is not free, and I'm not uh, promoted by Starbucks. I guess I should hide this from. Yeah, they're not giving, they're not giving us money. They're not giving What's us a nickel. Uh, they're not giving us anything for that. So. Um, Again, we do it only because we want to give more content, more information. Where this is this is a labor of love, and we want to help folks uh, play D and D. So, uh, I'm James. I'm Dan. And thank you for listening to Grog Talk. This is big, a pushy, a big production. All rights reserved.